0: Hi, this is Switch. You know, when Mac asked me to pick out some of my favorite episodes from the show, I knew it was going to be difficult because of all the fascinating subjects we deal with from week to week. I was, however, able to come up with some of the ones that I think you'll find the most interesting and entertaining. So sit back and relax as we once again plunge into the mysteries of the cosmos on this special edition of Mac Maloney's Military X-Files.
1: Wow, one wow, wow. he's going to be stealing a... Our- Jobs yeah You should That sounded excellent, Steve. Thank you.
2: the you restricted area 2508? Area 31, roger.
3: Traffic is quite
2: luminous and is exhibiting
3: some non-ballistic motion over. Roger Aries 31. Continue to send at your discretion, Over. Okay, Senator. The traffic is approaching head-on, alter right, and really moving.
4: They're right by us right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. 90% of these sightings can be explained, but 10% cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac, 11 and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military show
1: here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show this is turning into tonight, and it's only like 15 minutes into it. <laughs> I mean, one of those nights. Anyway. Let me just go through this real quick. Uh, the very famous Juan
2: was here in the studio. Hello, Mac. Was... Yeah, maybe 15 minutes, but it, you know, it's okay. been a solid 15 minutes. On
1: the phone with us in his bunker looking out at it, the slits of the rest of the world. <laughs> the slits. I know that sounds filthy every time I say it. but just...
2: uh, It always sounds like it's a World War II movie. They call
1: him <laughs> Coke on the street, but we know him as Commander Colbert.
2: Good evening, gentlemen.
5: Very proud to be on the wing tonight. And I report that we are in light rain and uh, fog. Huh? And oh, really? And the horses and goats and sheep say hello? Oh, really? Oh, yeah.
1: excellent. I'd like to think that was code, but I know it isn't. Most um, cute animals. Also on the line with us, our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, up there in the Bowl of Flakes, Battle Creek of the Republic. How are you doing tonight, Switchy? Uh,
0: doing really good.
1: Really good? Okay, good to hear. And also, we have a special guest who, for some reason, has decided, you know, has agreed to hang on with us, our good friend, Ella, out there in Las Vegas. We have to... Hey, Ella.
2: It's you're hard. welcome. Thanks for being with
1: us. Ella is another super fan, and uh, she's joining us for a couple segments tonight, and she's going to be joining us in the future. So all the strawberry and balloons when it comes to that, right? Yep. I'm looking at you as if you're going to agree with well, me. Well, she's
2: she's a gambling person. She's out in Las Vegas, so she's she's gambling on hanging up in the show for oh, the, no, she, you okay, know, 20 well, minutes or so.
1: Well, as someone who's gambled a little bit in the cell, it's, a, it's not a good bet. <laughs> but thanks uh-huh. for joining us, Ella. Thank you very much.
4: Thank you, Mac.
1: So, um... Um, we uh, the world wants to know, of course, what did switch have for breakfast? Now, you have to um, we have to tell you, Ella, that you know, as kind of a newcomer to the show, we did a um, a conference on Labor Day weekend. We spoke, uh, I don't know, about four or five hundred people there in the auditorium, would you say? Yeah, and we took questions. and The first or second question was, some guy came up and said, All I want to know is what switch had for breakfast.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah. That was funny. <sighs> So I wasn't expecting that at all. No one
1: was. So no, switch. I, I certainly wasn't. So uh, let's let's hear it. Please don't disappoint us. It's, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's been a tough week. I, I, I feel like I'm in a dark room with let's, a bright light shining in my okay. face. Mm-hmm. Let's okay. hear Continua. it switch. <laughs> <laughs> I had two
5: wait minute, donuts. Wait, minute, wait, 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 wait. I want to hear Ellis say, let's hear it switch
0: to open this up
1: Let's hear it switch. Oh, that was my, okay.
0: (laughs) I am now compelled to tell you that I had two donuts yes. this morning yeah. from the uh, bakery, a uh, bakery in Battle Creek. Now, there aren't many donut places out here. If you go closer to the Detroit area, yes. you've got more donut establishments per capita than you do fire <laughs> hydrants <laughs> and telephone poles. <laughs> really? So. But if you, you get out here they get built a little, little sparse. So, uh, there's one uh, one in Battle Creek that's pretty good. It's a small chain. Yes. And uh, once in a while if I'm if I, I was there yesterday, I grabbed a couple donuts and just uh, kept them for this morning.
1: Interesting. Okay. All right. And that doesn't you ut- do the whole thing about eating nutritious in the morning, most you know important well, meal of the day. That.
0: I don't do donuts every day, but okay. uh, you know, other days so I, I, I eat sugar frosted flakes. so you know, <laughs> right fiber and steak donuts, and
2: cheese. But but uh, you do know. they have frosted flake donuts?
1: That I was just thinking that too. You know, that'd would that would be,
2: be good. A good. Yeah, that'd be good.
1: I'm going to get a feeling.
0: A Switch,
2: no. hello. Do they have sugar frosted flake donuts?
0: <laughs> oh, you're asking me like, yeah, like I would know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, no. you are in well, Creek.
2: You live yeah. in the shadow of uh, the big K. A big
0: flake. That's so far above my pay grade. I, it really I, okay. You know,
1: I guess we got to take that as a no.
2: All right.
0: <clears throat> so um, I, I used to work for a company, an electrical wholesaler, that supplied material to Kellogg's. Oh, and mm. for a while, they were the only supplier of uh, electrical parts. Wow. Mm. Okay, yeah. so it And it was, it was it was crazy because you could not when you would bag parts in, in uh, uh, bags or whatever. We we normally stapled them, yes. but you can't use any staples True. for for Kellogg. Right, you had to use uh, tape or something like that. Mm-hmm. And once in a while, somebody would screw up. And send a bag over with a uh, with a staple on it. Yep. And if they would go crazy, they would they would lock down the area and treat it as if they'd had a radiation spill. Yeah. Uh, and, or, or a crime scene. Yep. And you'd rope it all off and they would just search the whole area to make sure there weren't any more.
1: Right, right.
5: Yeah. Uh, question. Were, were these staples extraterrestrial in nature? I'm just curious. Uh,
0: <laughs> these were to oh, the best God. of my knowledge, just staples.
2: Um Quick story about – How come th- when there's a hurricane or something and people say we're gonna, they're going to be a mad rush to the, the uh mar- uh the Mark Yeah. And Super people say, well, we're, we're out there to, to buy staples.
1: Staples? What do you need staples for? You know, milk, bread, oh, eggs, oh, I see. Okay. cheese. All
2: right. All right. Those are staples, <laughs> so right? Oh, oh, wow. Am I right or what? That was – We're not, not going, going to, to Staples crazy. to buy a new stapler.
5: <laughs> that, is that is one of the most – rainy things Was that no anyone ever. <laughs> Is that, that worth the sound effect? <laughs> Mark the tape. Make sure the copies are put in the vault <laughs> yeah, but, because that by far. Uh, I, I have had a few alcoholic beverages tonight before I got to what? the drink, that, I know. I know. Shocked. Well, we were at Margaritas. Yeah, I, 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 in fact, I, it was like a bright flash of light. Juan Juan wow. used intelligence and humor in the same sentence. There you wow, go. Okay.
2: There you go. I, and, and to our editor, isolate that segment of really? we're talking yeah. about staples. Put we a little it, music Use it, 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 it as it. a drop yeah, later, it was a later
0: drop. Okay. on. Okay. And Cobra used humor and sarcasm in the same sentence. Wow. He did. Oh my goodness.
5: That's, that's pretty steady, though. Well,
1: okay. <laughs> club, are you listening in on this and, and taking down notes and recordings and so on? Yeah, all you well, yeah, absolutely, Mac. I am You didn't introduce me in this segment. Oh. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> Never piss off <laughs> the guy. That old. guy. Oh. Never, ever. You're right. right. We didn't get to him right yet. 619. Wait. <laughs> good evening, everyone. Welcome to Mac Maloney's Military style Show. <laughs> <laughs> A special guest, Club, our security agent. So, uh, but, but, um, um, okay. So, I, I just, I, I always think of club right. the big brother listening in. You know what yeah. I mean? Kind of not. Well, I'm used to being in the closet as your security chief, so this
2: is nothing new to, to be in the background. Yeah. But and we'd never introduce yeah, it's him great as to be here. right. He he is great. He, he is he's happy to be here at all times. He's listening he's, in on every show. I thought he's an important person <laughs> right. uh, behind the scenes. That's but you never introduce him and say he needs no introduction because as it turns out, right, right. Uh,
1: as it turns out, that security report you're going to give tonight, I think, is going to have to wait a couple weeks, club. Okay. Yeah, you know, that's fine. It's pretty extensive, and in fact, I I have to go and get a a shot tomorrow at the doctors uh, because of this, and so I better (laughs) hold off on on discussing club. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. All right. Is that covered
5: under the uh, Mac Maloney Military X-Files medical, or did you have to use the supplement for
3: that?
1: No, the medical program that you guys offer here
2: wasn't enough, so uh, I had to find a place down Uh the street. uh, Wow.
1: Okay.
5: Nothing worse. Nothing worse than when you have to go off market to uh, to take care of the things that you have to deal with. This is you can't unsee what you can't unsee. There's just no doubt.
1: Absolutely. This night's been going down the drain since I hit margaritas. Since I had that <laughs> first tequila, what happened? I, I wonder
5: if there's a if there's a line that could be drawn between margaritas and going down the drain.
2: Hmm. Hmm. That'd be a fairly straight line, wouldn't it, Ella?
5: <laughs> I want Ella's opinion since Ella's hanging in here. She's the ultimate wing man, wing person tonight, wing woman. What um, do
6: you think? About margaritas or yes. about
5: going down the No, no, margaritas and then we will talk about going down the drain.
2: Um, I think I should have a glass of wine before yeah, I decide.
5: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
3: <good>. <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: wow. Are there margaritas it's out there? The gang. Margar- oh, yeah. Is yes. there any alcohol
1: in Las Vegas? Yeah, I haven't heard. Lots. Of, <laughs> lots <of> alcohol. <laughs> there's lots of alcohol. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Okay. It's a great summer. So listen, when do we do this? Oh, let me uh, plug a few things while we're while we're here, okay? First okay. of all, um, we are getting a new sponsor this week, okay? Mm-hmm. It's Homes for Our Service People, mm-hmm. Homes for Vets. They're down in Taunton, Mass. We're going to start running great the PSC. Great, great. great this, uh, yeah, this this uh, this show. We're glad to have them on board. They're going to have a spokesman on the show in a few weeks. And what they do is, and what attracted um, you know us to them is that. Of all the military assistant charities that are out there, and there are a lot of them, and not all of them are on the level, as it turns out. And it, and, and I think that's like the worst thing you can do to someone is you know, screw a veteran. But anyway, right. these people, Homes for Our Troops, they are the highest rated charity in the country when it comes to veteran yeah, services. I think mm-hmm. they're
5: almost in the 90%. Yeah, it's like 88%. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're down nearly top. 90%. And, and I keep close track on those right. guys. And what they do
1: is it, it's it's for veterans, of post-9-11 um, veterans, Iraq and Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and they build them houses and give them the house. It's as simple as that. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and it's, it's hugely successful. In my opinion, we shouldn't need it. It's something that, you know, this country should not have to go to charities to do. Right. We should, The Veterans Administration should be doing this, but that's a whole other show. That's right. Okay. So we're going to be running this PSA and just listen to it and donate to them. You know, it's it's okay. You know, it's it's a really good charitable cause and it goes to our veterans. And, and when are we starting that next week? The uh, PSA is going to be on this show. Okay, oh, okay. it's going to start on this show, right. and they're going to be with us. Uh, you know, for the next few weeks. I think we should
2: probably. Yeah, definitely. Feel bad for the there's, vets. Yep, there's three vets on the show right now. That's Fortunately, right. we're. That's right. We're in good shape.
1: And I'd like to say one of them drives a vet, but
2: not yet. <laughs>
1: um, so, um, uh, and also we're a uh, podcast now, podbean.com. Mm-hmm. Bean like in the vegetable, podbean.com. Uh, we're on 16 different uh, platforms, podcast platforms. Right. Stitcher, Stitcher. we always. iTunes. Um, iHeart Radio. iHeart Radio. TuneIn yeah. Radio. Um, but, uh, and if you have an Alexa in your house, just say... Uh, Alexa, play Mac Maloney's Military X Files on Apple Podcasts. And man, oh man, there it is. That's that's the most fascinating thing to me. You know, to just call it out, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, is uh,
2: and it plays the latest show that's uploaded. Right? Excuse me. It plays the latest show that it's, was uploaded.
1: Right. Exactly. That's the featured show, and then there's a, there's a growing archive, um, you know, uh, on the site. And and you know, it's it's really. Um, our listenership has really gone up since we became a podcast. did you listen to us on the radio or on the podcast? I listen to you on the radio. On the radio, on okay. UK, uh, Paranormal UK oh. Radio. Oh, okay. Switchy's, Yeah. Uh, network, okay.
5: Switches uh, Station, yeah. there you go. Yeah,
1: yeah I've heard, heard them too. That's why uh, we're oh. always. Oh. Oh, well, wow, I see now. Oh,
5: uh, okay. Would it be unfair to me to ask if she's heard of my program? Because guys, I'm already ready for the uh, letdown. I'm already I, I don't ready think we that.
0: were done talking about my program. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, uh, that, that, thank you for the high that. strangeness factor heard every fortnight on the paranormal UK radio Fort, network. But fortnight. now you can go ahead. Oh, right.
5: thanks so much. Uh, every fortnight—that's uh, yeah. a fancy way of saying that you was, take half the month off. I was going to say, yeah, you, you
1: <laughs> had us until you said fortnight. So look. So, um, well, that's good because the radio people listen to us on the radio. It's the same show, but I, there's a little bit of a different dynamic when you listen, and it's a radio show and. You know, you've you've taken up the time at a certain time to listen. You know, on the podcast, you can listen anytime you want.
2: That's really cool. I know. It's... So anyway, so um, we're who listens li- to live anything anymore? Basically,
1: yeah, I know. Not, we're not even live.
2: I, I, I listen to cousin Brucey live. That's about cousin it. Brucey.
1: <laughs> cousin Brucey's barely alive. He's about one hundred and two. Cousin Brucey. <laughs> so listen. Well, we going down the stone age. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> why don't you save us, uh, uh, Switchy, and uh, you have a Report from the yes, French?
0: I do. And uh, the, uh, uh, the the sources for this, this is uh, uh, pretty much about 1973. We've talked about 1973 before to some extent. But that was a very active uh, time for uh, uh, UFO encounters, uh, abduction experiences, uh, people seeing, uh, you know, having the close encounters of the third kind where they see a craft in conjunction with some kind of a humanoid. Uh, Situation Red, the UFO siege by Leonard Stringfield. And uh, – 1973 year of the humanoids uh, by david webb david webb was uh uh it was published by the center for ufo studies and that of course was dr hynek's group uh, everybody seems to know or a lot of people now know who dr Heinick is because of that forgive me awful tv show that is on uh uh what is it on the on history i think where they uh, it's called blue book and uh I don't mind, uh, we've talked about this before, I don't mind if these shows take a little bit of license, but it's just, uh, I mean, uh, this next week I think they're going to have uh, uh, Dr. Hynek on the set of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Really? Well, that didn't occur until 1977, and this hmm. is supposed to be back in the 50s or right. 60s, or the 60s, I guess. So, I, I don't know, they, they're just uh, very disappointed with, uh, they did the, the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins uh, out of Kentucky last week. And it was really disappointing the way they portrayed it. But anyway, uh, there was a lot of things going on at the time. And uh, Dr. Hynek, uh they had a he had a hotline. And just to give you an example, in 1975, uh, 70% of the reports they were getting were from police sources. So you were you were getting some you know very high quality observers seeing strange objects in the sky. And uh, he estimated Heinig estimated that about one third of the sightings reported uh, by police officers were reported to to the media. Or research groups, so uh, the the sources were pretty decent. They weren't just uh, uh, you know, a lot of hoaxing or, or a lot of people that weren't uh, well trained in observing these kinds of things. Now. Uh, for example, uh, this is uh, this is seventy three, uh, Sergeant Lester Shell and Patrolman Harry her- and Patrolman Harry Jarrett, they're near Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, they get a retreat call. A woman calls and says that she's seen some strange light land uh, in the land near her. It's kind of rural near where she lives, and uh, it's a. Uh, so the police arrive and they're surprised that I mean this whatever this is is still there. I mean, how many times do the authorities get there and there's nothing there? So they see a. Cigar-shaped object. It, uh, it's uh, it's it just a few feet above the ground in this you know, kind of a wooded area, kind of a, a bluish-white light. It's near an elementary school. And uh, uh, the object was, uh, uh, like I say, it was stationary for a while. They're watching it. They get a good look at it. And all of a sudden, this thing just shoots up and then takes off at an angle and then uh, takes off at another angle, moves again, and moves off to the east. So it was a very short-duration sighting and uh, uh let's see the uh, there were there were many 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 sightings uh, uh, David Webb documents all kinds of uh, interesting encounters uh in his book nineteen seventy three year of the humanoids uh, there was uh this one is it's kind of a famous one but it's it's one of these things where uh, it, it, there, there's there some aspects that seem like perhaps uh, it was legitimate, but there are other things that make it seem like it was a hoax. Uh, uh, the uh, police chief, Greenhaw, in uh, North Carolina, uh, I'm sorry, in, in uh, Alabama, uh, Falkville, Alabama, he, uh, uh, he gets a call, routine call. A woman says that uh, she sees this light. He comes out, doesn't see anything. Now he's going back and he sees along the road this tall, silver-suited humanoid. Now he took several photographs of this thing, and they're 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 classic. You've you've seen them in all kinds of UFO magazines over the year. But if you look at them, they're in color, a little blurry, but it looks like uh, a guy in a fire suit with some uh, aluminum foil embellishments. You know, pointed ears and and so forth, pointed top and so forth. Not convincing at all. It's just that this guy claimed that he saw this thing run and make it, it was like it was running uh jumping on like it had springs on the bottom of its feet and so what, what it was moving supposedly very quickly something that if if he was hoaxed uh somebody could not move that quickly in the suit he couldn't keep up with it so he gets in his car he loses it and uh so if this guy is a hoaxer, which may well be. And this was in the midst of a time period when a lot of people were seeing strange critters, uh, so to speak, humanoids. And another note is that this is, again, before the greys took over. We always, today, we always think of the greys, that classic, the large head, the large black eyes, tiny little spindly body. And there's virtually none of those reports in this time period. Mm -hmm. The the alleged humanoids in conjunction with these craft are all uh, quite a variety. Now, this guy, is, uh, somebody sets his trailer on fire. He, his wife what? leaves him, he gets divorced, and they fire him from his job. So if he really did see something, or if, if, if this was real, he had to have been hoaxed, but I don't see how anybody could have pulled this off. But so if he did actually hoax this himself, uh, his karma caught up to them, And of course, we're, we're not going to uh, deal a, a whole lot with Hickson and Parker. This is the same time period in October in Pascagoula, Mississippi, when Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker were that the uh, two Pascagoula fishermen. They were taken from the dock, floated into some kind of a craft, and uh, uh, by what looked like they were kind of wrinkly humanoid beings um, with uh, pointed ears and so forth. And uh, that's a, a very classic case. And uh, Charles Hickson is 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 uh, left us a while, a while ago. But Calvin Parker finally broke his silence recently and has written a couple of books about uh, what happened to him. And uh, if I have it here, uh, there is a, there was a, in the list of of other humanoid uh, encounters on the same date, October 11th. Uh, a, a young man named Tanner Williams, a little kid, three years old. He was playing outside. He went in and he told his mother that he was playing with a monster. And the monster he described looked just exactly like these uh, Pascagoula aliens or or what have you. But here's the part I want to talk about Pascagoula. Uh, Raymond Ryan and his brother Rainey on November 6th. Now, this is uh, uh, a few weeks after the Pascagoula incident. They're out and they're fishing in their boat and they see this strange light in the river. Now, I... uh, Uh, I remember this from uh, a clipping. Uh, uh, Mac, do you remember the UFO news clipping service? Oh, yeah. Uh, That was, yeah, that was a great, uh, too bad they don't have it anymore, but they would gather uh, articles from, you, you would find out that UFO sightings were always going on. Right. but it's just that they they were more uh, uh, they weren't carried beyond the local newspaper right. so these things were always active every once in a while one would hit the wire services and everybody would hear about it but uh, I remember reading about this strange light that they were you know they, they would put their oar in the water and it would recede and uh, so they this uh, <clears throat> they were out there fishing this thing was in less than 10 feet of water and uh, they they pursued it the one guy had a motorboat but he, they couldn't keep up with it and and uh, they uh, they got a hold of the Coast Guard. The Coast Guard came out, and they in that 16 foot fiberglass boat. And uh, <clears throat> the, the guy, a the guy's name, what? Nations and Cruz were the two guys. And they they were they didn't see it at first, but then they came up to another boat. And the guy in the boat is pointing down like there's something down there. And as they approach it, they see this this light. It's uh, maybe four four feet by five feet. It's uh, so many feet under the water. Uh, they poke their uh, oar at it toward it, and the ore the light seemed to uh, to actually like an x-ray shine through the ore. It was really strange. it didn't leave a shadow. And uh, they, the coast guard tried to pursue it but it got out of sight and went away. So uh, that was that was the only reason we know that is because Leonard Stringfield, uh, he contacted the people in this newspaper article and actually followed up on it. So that's a pretty interesting uh, incident that you know we assume may be tied to the Pascagoula incident, right. but of course we really don't know. Right. Can, uh, I, uh, can I just uh, interrupt
1: well, yes. you here for a second? Um, Absolutely. I got a, um, something through the mail the other day. We should talk about this off air maybe, um, that someone has done a... Musical album about the Pascagoula sightings. Have you heard that? No. That they've done a musical adaptation to it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Isn't this the one where the aliens looked like big carrots and they had that, that, that hand and two eyes? Yeah, yeah.
5: Many people uh, comment on that one that they think that that may have been some kind of a robot or a uh, uh, mechanical uh, device.
1: Okay. The, 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 well, well in the form of a, of a in, carrot. <laughs> what? What are they thinking
0: the, of? <laughs> in, the, in the original book called the Pascagoula Incident, supposedly Hickson under hypnosis saw through some kind of a divider. It was kind of a window or a partition or something like that uh, where he saw beings inside that looked more humanoid. Yes. And if that's, you know, again, it's just hypnosis, so you have to be careful. Yeah. But the implication would be that the, there were, uh, you know, humanoid beings on there operating these uh, androids or whatever they it's, were uh,
1: it's uh, it's those dapa guys up to no good don't you think cc it,
3: it
5: could be i i thought that when i first heard this case i was uh pretty pretty hard and fast that these guys were maybe having a little too much of the uh of the alcoholic beverages and out fishing but as time has gone by and when i i saw a very short clip of a local news station when uh, the second uh, man who sur- has, has survived is uh, talking about it i changed my opinion greatly and then when i have compared it to a couple other cases where they have talked about although with the carrot shape yes. you're talking about people using things that they understood or that were common to their experience at that time okay to try to talk about the shapes <laughs> uh-huh. but the thing that always that that caught me was when they talked about the lobster type claws. Yeah, that's well, right. You know, these guys are fisher type, you know, fishermen. They're, they're doing this activity, crayfish, all those kind of things. So they they likened it to things that they saw in their normal okay. uh, course yeah. of their 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 life. And, and I have cha- I really have become a champion of these guys because I think that they have a very very unique experience. That uh, crosses and and lines up with a number of other cases that that go along with
1: it. Right. Well, they were on. They were at the uh, X Festival with us, weren't they? Yeah, Switcher? or one of them was, they? not
0: uh, No, I don't think so. Okay. Charles okay. is um, so it, a long deceased, and uh, okay. uh, Calvin Parker, his, uh, is well, rounds well, like like people
5: that are running for presidential office, Matt could Stop have it. been with somebody uh, there, so that's <laughs> his long since deceased. That's <laughs> not get, a problem. I don't get that joke, but that's okay. But Charles Hickson was a
0: repeater. Charles Hickson saw more oh, okay. than uh, oh really? Yeah? Okay. other he would be out hunting, and all of a sudden it would get dead silent, what like they call the Oz factor, and he'd yes. see a UFO. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know who Ray Stanford is. a, yeah, a, sure. a yeah. great uh, UFO researcher. Uh, he's the one that uh, investigated the Socorro, New Mexico landing. Oh, yep, yep. well, well, he uh, he went with uh, Charles Hickson to the uh, one year anniversary on the dock there where they were taken yes. just to see if anything would happen. Yep. He didn't really think anything would, but he was uh, uh, Ray Stanford had the uh, starlight international project down in Texas uh-huh. where he had kind of a, uh, a, a, a Fox landing uh uh, strip for ufos but he was getting he was getting all kinds of strange objects on on the film well he took charles hickson down there because he he suspected that he might draw something in and sure enough they had a real classic ufo sighting uh like a bright light in the sky Mm -hmm. and uh he said he said hickson didn't react to it very much at first but then afterwards he said something like you know like like well well, golly, <laughs> could you see that? You know, just kind of took it in stride. Okay. But he had had several repeat experiences, right. as some people do, that uh, are are in this kind of a situation.
1: Right, right. So listen, that's I, I always uh, that's a fascinating story. And the Lou, isn't it right close to a Navy base or a shipyard, though? Right, CZ? Yes, it is both. Yes. Yeah, both. Okay, both? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Hey, listen, what we're going to do now, we're going to take a break. Thank you for that report there, Switchy. Let me give Switch hey, up. We job. never clap for Switch. My
5: pleasure. Yeah, never, ever do we recognize Switch's accomplishments, <laughs> <Yeah. this>, ever.
1: <laughs> hey, Club, did that pass the security Thank you. check? Thank I was, you. any swearing on that? Anything we have to cut out, Clubby? No, it sounds good, but okay. I wanted to just let Switchy know the good news that Blue Book is being renewed by the network for another season. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah.
5: And if, if we are if we are going to diss a network that's not supporting the show, be it. we should get it right. And it was correct. It is history. And I do not like the show any more than Switch
1: does. No. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so listen, yeah, all- on that note, why don't we uh, take a commercial break now? And uh, yeah. we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Miltracks show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back.
6: Hey fans, Lois Lane here, and I think it's time for you to get some free swag from Mac Maloney's Military Exile show. We have badges, pins, bar coasters, and some very cool 3D show logos that we just can't wait to give away. Just go to MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button. Send us an email with your mailing address, and we'll ship the free swag out to you quicker than Switch can eat breakfast. That's MacMaloney.com and hit the contact button to get your free swag today. Requests for tasteful news of one will be handled on a case-by-case basis.
1: Hey, welcome back to Mac Maloney's Miltrack Style show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. I'll tell you, what a show we're having tonight. It's so good that we've said so many times during the broadcast, I don't think this is ever going to make it on the air. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, it's just too cool. Juan Juan is here, as you can see. one way of looking at right. it. The Coco is here. Commander good Cobra. Evening, Al Ronaldo, famous UFO mechanic, is here.
5: He's even here when he's not here. Right. Yeah,
1: really. That's what's good about him. And on the phone with us, the man on the way up. Okay, Switchy, Switchblade, Steve Wood from Battle Creek, Michigan. But I get a feeling it's going to be from Beverly Hills, California. That's somewhere. right. Because we were on just a just a week ago.
2: He's going to be hard to get pretty soon. Right.
1: And and he said like four more speaking engagements, you know, booked just in the mm. week. Okay, so what's what's the magic? You get the magic touch there, Switchy. Uh,
0: I don't want really to know how to explain it, but uh, something that's very cool that happened was uh, I'm actually a published author now. Mm. I'm in a book called Weird Winged Wonders, The okay. Twilight World of Cryptid Creatures. It's one of uh, Tim Beckley's uh, books where he puts together with several different authors. Okay. And so I'm in really good company. I'm in with Brad Steiger. Yes. Alan Greenfield. Right. Uh, Lon... Strickler. Okay. Uh, Paul, Eno, did I say Paul oh, Eno? Paul, Yep. And of Albert show. Rosales. Wow. Among huh. others. Hmm. Yeah. He's... And my name's even on the cover.
1: And, and, and what did you write? You wrote one of the sections?
0: Well, it's, it takes a little ex- a bit of explanation. I, uh, Brent rains who does alternate perceptions magazine, online <laughs> magazine. Yes. He, uh, I met him at the Mothman Festival. Okay. He had me do a, 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 a interview, but it was uh, he wrote a couple questions, and so I, he just let me go wild. I, I wrote it was like a five part uh, answer to all these questions wow. in his magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a lot of fun. He was very encouraging just to have me keep going. Right. Well, Tim Beckley took the uh, uh, part of that out that pertains to the Mothman. And, you know, of course, it's about Wayne creatures, So the Mothman and the Mothman Festival and so yes, forth.
1: Sure.
0: So it was, uh, I was a nice surprise. So wow. I, I actually can finally say, yeah, I've got a book.
1: Wow. Yeah. Gee, Fantastic. <laughs> it is exciting. It's not, only,
0: it's not only mine, but, you know, right. so like I say, I'm mean, very good company. It, no, I'm just to, happy to find
5: out, Steve, that uh, you're not as uh, introverted in your writing as you are when you're on the show with us. That's that's great mm-hmm. that you have an outlet that you can really, really let your inner personality come out because wow. you, you just don't show that kind of enthusiasm when you're on the show with us.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> By yeah. the way, the, the way the show is going, I, I understand that I'm supposed to come in and save the show tonight.
4: Oh, oh, no, believe me, that ship oh. sailed. That gracious, <laughs> that ship sailed. Not, you know, maybe I, yeah. I was I'm ready for you, my
0: close-up. you, close you, on you right. yeah. it went exactly. off the rails right. a while yeah. ago. <laughs> Now yeah. I was reading between the lines and it could be there's just empty space there and I read something into no, it. I no, I don't
1: know. No. Your instincts are right on. So I'm I'm guessing. So how many you're either
0: the Titanic or the iceberg. You pick which you yeah, are. Right, tonight, which buddy. one?
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> are you the hitter or the hitty? Uh so for you are one of how many, um how many writers in the in this compilation?
0: Well, let's see, there's uh I have got it right here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. About about ten. Okay, so about I'm guessing eight or ten. Yeah. I'm
1: guessing they gave you what, about twenty five thousand, thirty thousand bucks for this? Uh, no, I,
0: I think I get some you. copies uh, at a discounted price. <laughs> right,
1: okay. But you are a published author. So, That's know, right, There you go.
0: I've there's had a, a lot of joy points. in that.
1: And you can really pick up chicks, you know, if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, That's I'll, really handy at, at I'll, I'll give you a report. <laughs> yeah, <I'll laughs> <give> you... <laughs> <laughs> I will give
0: you a report on that when, when that All
1: uh, That'll be switch after Doc. Okay. Oh, yeah. well, it's <laughs>
5: Valentine's Day, so this ought to come in handy. SAB said. Yeah. Sad. Um, okay, I've got, I've got a great report tonight. Okay, i just got to
1: do one joke okay. before we do it, okay? All right. On right. Jimmy Kimmel once, not that I ever watch him or anything, and this, we'll lose half our
2: audience with this joke, You just came right? across it on YouTube or something.
1: Yeah, right? Or something, you know, and he said, um, well, today's Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day all our 12 Star Trek fans, February 14th. Yeah. You know, it wasn't bad. They don't get laid a lot. <laughs> Oh, got it. All right. Wow. I have to, if I have to explain it to you two guys, that one right over. Well, obviously- How bad is my material? Saturday Night Live <laughs> episode
5: where Shatner is on there and he plays, you know, he's, he's aggravated. He's at the UFO convention or the Star Trek convention mm-hmm. and he just loses it when he's on stage. You have to YouTube it. It's absolutely great. Really? He looks at one guy, you, you over there dressed as the Vulcan, Spock. Have you ever kissed a girl? Spock. And, yes. Oh yeah. It's wow. just, it's oh, wow. just absolutely classic. I know someone. Who, <laughs> I got
1: it. Oh, you got a William Shatner story? No, actually, okay, uh, <laughs> Valentine's Day tomorrow, I heard today, is National Mistress Day. Really? Yeah, well, yeah, so you have to give two gifts. Well, you know, you've got to take care of them both. Wow, so okay. You, you don't want to leave one out in the cold, you know? That's coming uh, from the Sicilian side of you, I'm guessing, yeah, right? Is, don't they call uh, them gumais?
5: Mine's the same woman. But in both no, cases, mine so. too. Oh, oh, listen to this. Wow. Listen, <laughs> wow. wow. Pandering to the audience. Same no, woman. just pandering what? to my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mine I too. Do. Thank you, uh, you JJ.
1: Okay. Both of you from the
2: boot, right?
1: Are you yeah. saying you're Italian this week? You change it every week. I'm always you're I, really.
2: Occasionally, I'm Irish, but oh wow, I, He just I came did in the my uh, okay. uh, ancestry DNA. You know?
1: Oh, you did. You know you they know, sell uh, the uh, DNA to other people after they do that. They do. I, I just yeah. thought of that. Yeah. Okay. When and they what, need to harvest organs, they know where yeah, to go. Yeah. Where to go? <laughs> well, they might pass on him. You know, but nothing that there's anything wrong with you, JJ. He's coming right across the I'll board pre- I mean, <laughs>
2: I'll bring in the report and show you how Okay. About. So you're half Italian and half Filipino, oh, correct? There's more than it's there's more than that going more, on. Yeah. To, to, to more halves? I'll, I'll bring in the report. We're yeah. getting into
1: switches time. Hey here. Steve, wow.
5: what's your nationality and what do you have for us tonight?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, you know, Mac and I are published authors.
1: Yes, yeah, see. <laughs> go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay, I'm I'm ready with this report. Okay, we go we gotta get going, man. right? We got it. Okay, you ready? Yes. Okay. Let's go. Okay. We're in the Sierra Nevadas, focusing a little closer to the Tah- Tahoe National Forest, and then right down to Cisco Grove. It's September 1964, mm-hmm. classic UFO abduction case or attempted abduction. We've got a bull hunter named Donald Schrum. He faced a nearly 12-hour ordeal. He's in the dark, he's completely alone. And according to these uh, great researchers, uh, Noe Torres and Ruben Uriarte, they wrote a book called uh, Aliens in the Forest, that chronicled is actually a classic case that was first revealed by uh, Jim and Cora Lorenzen yes. in one of their old books. Okay, okay? Yep. Uh, And they said that, that this Donald Shrum uh, ended up having his own personal war of the worlds. Okay, Oops. now, I want to flash forward three weeks, okay? Mm-hmm. And we'll get to the ordeal in just a second. Okay. Uh, Donald that's, Shrum and his wife she are being said. interviewed by...
1: by <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Switchy. Go okay. ahead, please.
0: That's okay. It's your show. I, um, I'm just a published author. Okay. <laughs> wow. Holy cow. El- elitist yeah. hey, you know. Okay. They're they actually they're in a they're in a house. They're off the uh, McClelland Air Force Base in a house barely furnished. They're being. Uh, it reminds me of that that house in the Maury Island incident. You know, with Fred Christmas Oh right. Sure. Uh, Okay, like they're at a table, at the kitchen table, that's about all there is in there, and this uh, Captain McCloud and Sergeant Major Barnes are interviewing them, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the McClellan base is, uh, it's the Logistics Command Headquarters, and it's connected to Wright-Patterson.
1: Oh, right, okay. Which, Wright-Patterson
0: like, steeped in UFO lore sure. and, uh, and and history and where Project Sign originated. Okay, right. now. Now, they hadn't sought any publicity. It was through, due to several circumstances where they got a hold of a, of a retired astronomer. He heard the story. He thought he was credible, and he connected the Air Force. So at this point, they still have this thing quiet. Now, here's the story. Oh, and, and also, at this point, this guy is actually afraid that he still might have radiation poisoning. Okay. Okay. So we're, we're, now we're back to the story. Uh, in September, uh, the three bow hunters from Sacramento. This is actually September 4th. 1964. Vincent Alvarez and Tim Trueblood are the other two bow hunters. They're uh, they're uh, uh, from uh, uh, Aerojet General Corporation. They made the uh, Titan Roger rocket engines, okay. the Gemini Voyager probes, and so forth. Yep. Uh, now, th- th- these guys are not engineers. Uh, Shrom is a he's a, a painter and a welder. Okay. Okay. Yep. So they're out there hunting. They get separated. Uh, one of them, uh, Shrum goes down a ridge, but it's it's got a dead end. He has to come back. It's getting dark. So he's going to find a nice convenient tree to spend the night since the the uh, the camp is maybe a mile, mile and a half back. He's not going to risk it in the dark.
3: Okay.
0: Finds a nice 25-foot to 30-foot tree. Okay. It's about 9 p.m. He sees a, a light, kind of a meandering light. He knows it's not an airplane, but he thinks, ah, a helicopter's come to rescue me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he makes a mistake. He gets down from the tree builds three signal fires about 10 feet apiece. Okay. As this light gets closer, it's attached to something really big because it's blocking out stars behind it. And then you can see that there's... He can't get a really good uh, uh, bead of the size, but there's like these three giant windows or openings on the side, maybe 30 feet across. A disk object, just like object, comes out of one of them and lands in the distance. Okay. Now, he uh, he climbs back up in the tree... And he's, he's in camo. He thinks, oh, he's going to be okay. Yep. You know, nobody, nothing's going to see him. So then uh, he uh, uh, he sees he hears just this, this noise to the brush, and he sees that these two little figures show up. They've got about five feet tall. Mm-hmm. They're kind of uh, stocky. He doesn't know if they're wearing a hood or a helmet. Okay. But he's got these, these big, round, black eyes, which... Uh-huh. Again, he doesn't know if they're eyes or goggles. But two up to two years afterwards, he would wake up in a cold sweat at night and scream about the eyes. Hmm. So he's he still is anything up in the tree, not moving around. But these little guys come up to the base of the tree and stare right up at him.
1: Okay, so when he saw this light, this meandering light attached to something that was blocking up the stars, he thought, wow, this is a, this is a UFO, he thought, right?
0: Well, when, when yeah, once he saw that it was just a light attached okay. to something else, okay. he knew it wasn't a helicopter. So it was... It was, that's uh, what he thought. He said, it's a flying saucer right. because he'd read about them in, in the newspapers.
1: So then there's these two little weird guys down the bottom looking up at him, and he's kind of like caught in the tree by these two characters.
0: And, and then it gets worse. Okay, Because from another direction, he hears another noise. And this thing that, <laughs> he, he calls it a robot. It's about, it looks similar. It's kind of stocky. You wonder maybe if one of these guys were in it. Mm-hmm. But first he sees this red-orange, two red-orange eyes coming through the, the brush, and then it comes up to where they are. Mm-hmm. And then this thing has got kind of like a big jaw-like thing. It opens. A cloud of of smoke or vapor comes up, okay. and when when it it reaches him, he can't breathe. All the oxygen's gone, and he passes out. Okay. The only thing that saves him <laughs> is his. That's one
1: explanation. His, <laughs> Go ahead. please.
0: <laughs> the only thing that saves him from uh, from falling from the tree is his bow, which uh, which which. Uh, uh, it's a 60-pound recurve bow with a 28-inch pull. Cobra has that, one that of care. those, yeah. Okay. 28-inch right.
1: pull there, Cobra? Is that your bow?
5: Uh, no, actually, mine's a
0: 28-pound pull, but that's okay. different. Right. To... Okay,
1: Um <laughs> So, yeah, <pound> so <laughs> he's
0: lucky because the way he falls, the, the bow is ca- caught by the branches, and he because when, when he's out for just briefly, it catches him, and he doesn't fall to the ground. Wow, lucky. When him. he wakes up, he's got the dry heaves. Oh, okay. And And this <laughs> keeps going. And then, and then it gets it gets really weird. Seems now, like this happened is, to me before. He, you know? he, he, <laughs> there was some vapor you. involved. He told you it got climbed the
1: tree, almost fell off dry heaves the next day. It's, it's a little bit of familiarity it's with this. Like hey, I, I
0: told you guys I was going to save the show. Okay, 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 now.
1: Good. <laughs> okay. you have seven minutes. Okay. Seven <laughs> where, minutes. What okay. if this guy says, so, so.
0: "Captain so. Iceberg, help us work out"? That's good. We need ice. The okay. thing is, this guy came forward a few years ago, and these guys interviewed him. He's, he's always been considered uh, 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 truthful, and he also went under to regressive hypnosis. Didn't reveal very much more, just a few more details, because right. he was really awake through the whole thing. Right. Now, uh, the, these things, these creatures are making kind of a, like, a, like a hooting noise. You know, the owls are not what they seem, and they, there's a response from the, the mothership. And it seems that every time this communication or whatever it is goes back and forth, they try a new ploy. They, uh, uh, one of the things they do when he, actually, he climbs up the tree further and lashes himself with his belt so that if he passes out again, he's not going to hit the bottom. Okay. And then he wakes up and he sees... These little creeps are climbing up the tree at him. Nice. Okay. So while yeah. well, he's got yeah. the dry, heaving. he's trying to yeah. recover, and so he shakes the tree, and these creeps, you know, they they go back down. Right. Uh, he also kept throwing fire at them. He, he lit a book of matches. Okay. Uh, that because the first thing this robot thing did was to put out the fires. There, it just kind of used its arm to brush them away. Wow. So he's doing everything. He's lit his hat. Smoking he's the robot. Clothes. He's throwing bits of, 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 of lit clothing down at them, and every well, time it, they it, do, switch, they back away.
1: Switch. He has a bow and arrow. Why isn't he shooting them with the bow and ah, arrow? Ah, we're getting to
0: that. Okay, good. He, right, he doesn't want to hit the creatures because he's afraid of retaliation, but he has no problem hitting this, this robot thing, Nothing, right. and he hits it directly in the chest, Okay. and then it kind of makes a spark. It backs up several feet. Then he's got two more arrows. He hits it again and again, mm-hmm. and all these things are doing is just kind of putting them off for a while. And then another robot shows up wow. or whatever it is. They come together. There's sort of like a communication thing going on with flashes of light. Yes. And then there's a big blast and this, this uh, vapor comes up and he's out. And the next thing he knows, Again. he's it's, it's uh, they're, Everybody's gone. All these things are gone. And it's like the dawn is just starting to break a little bit and he's hanging by his belt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, wow. and it, uh, And so one of the other guys, they find him. Vincent Alvarez comes and finds him in the morning. He's only got his T-shirt on, his slacks. It's freezing weather. And this guy has been through one hell of an ordeal. (laughs) So now we're back to the present. We're back to the the, uh, Air Force guys, which are treating them like crap, unfortunately. And so they're trying to come up with explanations. The first thing they say is, one of them says, you might have encountered some Japanese people.
1: Oh, see, that's not. And they right. just
0: looked at each other. Okay. Uh, you might have. Maybe there were some kids playing a prank. Okay. Oh, maybe it was a military op. Now, Mrs. Shrum, mm. uh her father was a retired uh, Albert Leg. Was a retired Air Force guy.
3: Okay. And
0: he'd already checked to see if there had been any ops going on at the time, and there wasn't. Okay. Now, now the reason he thought he might have some kind of radiation sickness was he had this terrible pain in his chest. Uh. And he was he was sick. it just turned out that the he kept when he kept shaking the tree for for dear life, that caused the bruising in his chest. he was actually he was just very sick, but for a couple of weeks they were afraid because he had you know no resources to actually get checked right. uh, for radiation sickness right uh, it was uh, his wife, uh, Mrs. Shrum, they got a hold of Donald Kehoe.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Donald Kehoe had Paul Cerny, a ICAP guy, okay. from those that interview him. He's the guy that took the original story, keeping them, you know, keeping their name secret. Right. And like I say, it was only a few years ago the authors of the book Aliens in the Forest finally got them to come forward and tell the whole story. Right. And but this didn't end here because he would when he'd be out camping or whatever. You know, he was he and his buddies were never had any fear of the woods, but after this, they did, because, you know, one of his, one of the guys, uh, uh Vincent Alvarez actually did see the craft from a distance. Mm-hmm. So they knew he was, he'd seen something, Right. but he would get this, uh, Donald Trump would get this kind of a buzzing in his head when they'd be out camping or whatever. Yes. And he knew they were close. It happened one time on the camping trip. They're out in, uh, uh, uh let's see, an uh, area called Westwood in California. Okay. And, uh, uh, He he gets you know, hears this buzzing and his wife and his and his his friends can see him turn around and just look in the distance at this ridge and sure enough, there's this light that comes by over the ridge and then shortly thereafter a smaller one.
1: Let me let me let me just throw I'm gonna throw this question to Al Ronaldo. Okay. Okay, because you look so interested over there. If you went out, you you to me would be someone, you and Cobra, not so much JJ. I could see you and Cobra going out bow hunting overnight in the woods, okay? All right. So let's say that happened to you, and you you know went up a tree, and you had to, like, lash yourself to the tree. Little people, robots, UFOs, and everything. Would you go ever go back out in the woods again? Not in your life. No. <laughs> would you? <laughs> no. 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 Cobra? Uh, It probably. Oh, jeez. Okay. (laughs) Well, at least go more heavily armed. (laughs) Yeah, or something. So they went back. They loved bow hunting so much they went back out.
2: I'd be afraid these guys would have chainsaws. Or something. (laughs) Chainsaws would be great
1: if you had someone up a tree. Very good one. Right. (laughs) One of this vapor stuff. A chainsaw. I'm just going to say one thing about this story that I love, Okay. It, and I've I read a lot of those old stories. I love those old fifties UFO books. They were just great. Donald Kehoe, probably one of the best investigators, have a former Marine colonel or major, quit his job uh, with the military and wrote some really good books. Had a lot of really good resources and everything. And, and I don't think you're going to see someone like him again. Anyway, I've never heard a robot. I, I, the very few mention robots. You know, it's usually, hmm. you know, creatures some out of yeah. space. Right. You know, so I, I don't think it's weird, there, Switchy, that they are robots yeah, involved? It, it,
0: it's very yeah, very rare. There's a couple. I think there's one in uh, was it Brookfield, Brookfield, Florida, but that particular account was kind of uh, dubious. The thing is that everybody that interviewed this guy from past to present uh, is convinced that he believes this, that he, he had a real experience. Right. Uh, but, see, my thing is, you know, you look at we've talked about all kinds of abductions and attempted abductions on this show. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> this guy's up in the tree, and the robot releases the gas, yeah. and they're trying to gas him so he'll he'll <laughs> fall down, and they can, you know, uh, like like they're hunters or something. Yeah, right. We we've heard stories of people being floated through walls. Yeah, uh, yes. Those those really bizarre ones in in Brazil, where the hooks or whatever come down and grab you, or just right. you're simply just levitated. Right. Right. Were what, what, what these like retro aliens that hadn't yeah. gotten the new uh, that means that of abducting people?
1: Yeah, isn't that they funny? Were, I mean, you always think that old they're... old
0: school. Yeah, they're old school aliens, right? <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> they're we can they're, undo they're the 1950s bell. aliens, not, not modern right, aliens. Right, you
1: see, that's what's strange about it. It seems like the aliens in the shape, particularly of UFOs, change as, you know, things get more modern. You know what I mean? People back then used to, look, you know, they'd see a flying saucer, literally look like a tea T-saucer turned upside down, right? Mm-hmm. Now they see triangles and, you know, you know, really kind of cool stuff. It, it, it <laughs> kind of matches the time we live in in a way.
0: That, that is important because there are changes for over the last several decades, a lot of changes in the way the crafts look, the creatures look, and the techniques are. Right. Uh, we don't even know for sure that these are greys. You know, they're, They look kind of like greys, but not exactly. Right, yeah. Something a little bit different. Isn't there so, a
1: case down in Mississippi where the uh, aliens had uh, lobster hands?
0: Uh, yeah, they passed a Gula. Uh, okay. let's see was it was uh, at Charles uh, Hickson and Calvin yeah. Parker 1973 October that was during the the huge wave through the U.S. when all those landings occurred okay. and you know but there was hardly any anything to, I don't think there were any graves reported right uh David Webb wrote a book called 1973 you're the humanoids where he covers Pascagoula and all those mm-hmm. and uh uh you know it's uh it it could be that these uh they call these things uh, the, the robots or androids or whatever because right. they weren't really human. Right. And right. supposedly during one of the regressive hypnosis sessions, uh Charles Hickson did see some other human looking people on there implying that the, the Pascagoula aliens with the pincher like hands were maybe androids or something. I don't know. There I mean, big, the whole the whole experience could be illusory. We don't know.
1: The, a big navy base down in Pascagoula, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And a shipyard. Okay. Yeah. I met my uncle. He was he was uh, on assignment down there for electric boat people, he, and he told me he says, "I know I'm going to heaven because I've been to hell. I was in Pascagoula. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, uh, uh, so uh, that's an interesting story uh, switch because, like you say, they're like retro aliens. I mean, what's going on? I mean, if th- let's say this really happened. You know, as he said, you know, it's not aliens with, you know, big triangles, you know, people being floated here and there. It's like, you know, they 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 are not really well equipped they're or clueless. something. Clueless.
2: You know. Clueless. They go to Home Depot for a ladder, <laughs> so climb up right, and get ladder. the guy.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. what about a butterfly net? <laughs> or a net. A yeah. net would work. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but he
2: but they had a, but he had the belt on. He was lashed <laughs> to the
1: tree. I mean, imagine what the aliens thought. He goes, you know, wait a minute, this guy's up in the tree, he's shooting arrows at us he's crying out loud. Release <laughs> the gas. Okay, <laughs> okay, that knocked right. him out. Oh, he can't come down because he got caught Go ahead, Hal. You look like you, look, you, look, you, look, you uh, know what you're talking about. Well, if you take your belt and you loosen it, how much extra how room do you have? How much belt do you have? Or what's the uh, diamond? You can wrap it around tree? a tree and still have it wrapped around you. Yeah, that makes sense, I guess. You know, yeah, I, right. How about this? The so, guy went out drinking and he had to come up with something to explain all the marks on his body and why he didn't have his pants and stuff. So, you know, he, this is the best he could come up with. Yeah, they were robots and they were, you know, Japanese looking aliens
0: or something. You know, who knows?
1: Let's go back out hunting again next weekend. What were they hunting? Any idea what they were shooting? Uh,
0: deer. they bow hunting deer. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So Every- they, they didn't have any firearms because you can't have them or at least you couldn't then when okay. you were uh, bow hunting.
1: Okay. Now, like- there,
0: there were a couple of, couple of arrows they recaptured. He, he had one of the arrows that he gave the Air Force guys, and they said, we're going to test this, because there were some metal- like metallic fragments or, or you know, spots on it or something. Okay. And, of course, they never got it back. When he went back to the site, because he was very cooperative with the Air Force, they came, you know, he told me exactly where it was. They came there and cleaned the whole thing out, but they missed one thing. There was another arrow that went into the brush. So they turned that over to NICAP. But they didn't pack it properly, okay. and they never got any good results from it. Okay,
1: wow, man, that's crazy. That's a crazy story,
0: there. It uh, is a crazy story, and we only had a little little tidbits of it back from the uh, what the Lorenzen's uh, UFO occupants or something like that back in the '60s. Right, right. One of my favorite books as a kid. Yeah, and so finally they came out with the full story, and it's a it's a hell of a story.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Well, thank you very much for joining us and for um, updating us on your um, career on the
2: rise. You are the man on the way up. <laughs> Can you we know? get your autograph the next time you're in town.
0: How about that? Uh, absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna practice it uh, this week. And you, gotta you know, you got to have a cool looking autograph. Make it
1: short and streak, just like that. You know, make it make it looks like you're always in a hurry. Make it like <laughs> a symbol. Sim- oh yeah, a symbol would be great. Yeah, a symbol of a what? like a a cornflake or a piece of shredded wheat would be actually <laughs> interesting. And then I could be
0: I could be the symbol that was formerly a paranormal investigator. Yes, Formate. exactly. Formerly
2: well, known as Switch. That, yeah, that rolls off the top <laughs> Possibly a gray. I was in the hospital with my son for 18 months.
0: When he got injured, I wasn't prepared, but I knew I had to be strong. When I was told about John's injury, I was in complete shock. I just remember rushing into his room and
3: giving him a big hug and letting him know I was there.
2: These veterans and families are just a few of the heroes we serve at Homes for Our Troops. For thousands of severely injured veterans, everyday life is filled
4: with barriers. Those really are the, the little things throughout the house. Counters that you can't roll up to. How to drag my wheelchair down steps.
2: I want to help, but he is so determined. At Homes for Our Troops, we build specially adapted custom homes with features like wheelchair access, roll-in showers, and automatic door openers that allow them to function independently and focus on their recovery and family. This house is freedom. It's hope. It's a new beginning.
5: This house has given me my family back.
2: To learn more, visit hfotusa.org.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Track Star Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. We might have to count out the first four and a half seconds of the segment there. Think so? JJ. Anyway, uh, Juan Juan is in the studio with us tonight. He's going to charge us more for this show. Yeah. Well, if he ever listens, maybe, you know. He, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, it wasn't. Anyway, anyway <laughs> talk talking about the boss. Uh, 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 Coco was on the line with us, but he had to go once again on this secret
2: mission. Nice. As they say in the trade, he had to fly.
1: Yeah, he had to fly. He won't really tell us what he's doing, but just in the past two months or so, he he's been keeping strange hours. Let's say, he, I know, and he disappears kind of, you know, like a. He's uh, not
2: as vague about his whereabouts like M is, but you know, he's no, getting there.
1: Right, but he says, you know, I read his emails, you know, and and I said, I, don't, I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> That's I, a problem. Yeah, it's like you know, military speak, you know, to the tenth degree
2: and. You know? As I'm I, thinking that maybe you're getting it, and I'm the only one who isn't, So no. I don't say anything about it. No, no, I write back. I go, "You got it, bro." <laughs> anyway, I tend to prioritize the uh, the YouTubes with the Hollywood vampires and the Rolling yeah. Stones. <laughs> Rolling Stones, I like you it. said, they're always they're always recording what they do. They're always playing. Yeah,
1: oh yeah, yeah. You ain't kidding. Yeah, yeah. The one I sent you the other day, where they're just kind of playing. Yeah. Oh man,
2: it's. I, I think that was during that maybe that uh, the blues and yeah, blues and lonesome yeah. era. It was just great.
1: It was, you know, those guys. I don't know a lot of people. You know, I used to be hot and cold on them, tell you the truth. But the longer they last, the more I appreciate them. You know, me too. And uh, you know, they don't, they're, not, they're not phony
2: about it. I mean, they're in it for you know why everyone. I mean, in, in the early seventies to mid seventies, and they still do it. You know, who thought? I think the youngest one is Ron Wood. He's only seventy. Yeah, yep. Charlie's the oldest one. Charlie's older. than think Ron Wood's wife is twenty two years old. What? Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Anyway. On the line with us also is Switcherino up there in the bowl of flakes, Battle Creek, Michigan. Switchy.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Great to be here. Wow. I, I wow. guess I was. I guess I was looking for a little more of a lead-in. Okay. A more, <laughs> maybe I was like waiting for the cue, the music cue.
1: Well, the music. What music? Like, now he wants music. He, he wants. One. Okay. Actually, he deserves music. Usually, bowl you know, of flakes, a drum roll, really? and
0: th- stuff
2: like that. All right. Okay. Well, get yeah. We got to do a drum roll thing for yeah, him. It
1: may cost a little bit more money. Yeah. Right? We don't have a... Big special effects budget. Or something, something
2: shot from guns, but then that's Quicker Oats. That's yeah,
1: that's, not how yeah. He rolls. They're not up there.
2: I thought Battle Creek was a cue, no, Switchy? So, oh,
0: that's I guess. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, I'll go all with right. that.
1: That's all right. I'm gonna send you a case of five hour energy. Okay. And again, you know, <laughs> it, it works, right? One one, doesn't it? Yep. I'm awake. Anyway. Boy. So also uh, with us is uh Emily M. I almost said the lovely Emily Emily M, but see. You're not supposed to say that anymore. That's Nothing. true.
2: You'll end up being tagged with the the Me Too hashtag. The Me Too. Yeah, that's right. So far, so far, M hasn't laid that on us yet.
1: Not yet. I, I have not. Okay. All right. That's good. Yeah. You know, we'll be up there with Harvey. It's better than the alternative. But anyway, thank you, M, for joining us. And so, what this is? Oh, damn it. It's supposed to be seven minutes long, and I'm already up to four minutes here.
2: With the well, let's, let's get rolling here. Yeah,
1: but we can't be. it. Has to be seven minutes exactly, and I've I've burned four of it.
2: <laughs> okay, you know, see we, what happens, Emily. Every time we get you on the show, it's like we get sidetracked. I, this, that's
1: what it is. You know. Well, There's where's like, the
0: program director?
1: <laughs> You're talking to him, buddy. <laughs> that, oh, okay. That's the big problem. Wait we got to get this guy on <laughs> track, It's just impossible. <laughs> well, you can
5: hire Steve now.
1: Yeah, oh, there uh, you go. Program director, you bet it. He's, mm. Yeah, you got time in your hands, yep. right? You're retiring.
0: That's right. I, I'm yeah. retired.
1: Yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, you, you, can I tell you something? We'll salute you. You are now the program director. Okay. okay. Uh-huh. There's
0: going to be more music.
2: Plus and more he'll music. Be, he'll be perfect for the for the M section of the show, the, you the M segment, because he's not as like in, over. What's what's the word? Uh, twitter pated from, t- from take a, a Disney <laughs> a Disney term from. Um, I think there's like a W in there. Cinderella.
0: Oh, okay. Right yeah. Twitter painted. Yeah. Look it up.
2: Okay. He may not be as Twitter painted every time. Well, that's, Emily... that's,
0: from, that's from Bambi. Bambi. that's right. Yeah, Bambi? Bambi. Oh, Bambi. That's right. Why can't, you, Why can't you get that thumper. straight? I don't know. Thumper that got Twitter painted. Th- really? Right. Whoa, whoa, that sounds yeah. filthy. Yeah. Hang that's on a right. second. Now you have to explain <laughs> it to me. Hold it.
1: Thumper is his, his buddy, right? Yeah. The rabbit. His rabbit. He died yeah. in the fire, didn't he?
0: No. no okay. Oh, okay. All
1: right. Anyway, no, so Thumba got, no, no. and no. he got what? fine? What's that? What Twittipated. Well, is well like there's a... this, this
0: This this female bunny rabbit came mm-hmm. by, and he got all oh. Twitterpated Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, okay.
2: Now I know what it means. And there's a, there's a whole, like, poem that goes with it. Yeah. Really? Expressing his, you know, love and affection, just going, head over heels. <laughs>
0: I see a Viagra. He was, was on uh, the road. Overwhelmed by her countenance. Cialis. I see a Cialis The point up,
2: is that Mac major? and I are always Twitter-pated every time M just opens her mouth on the show. Steve is able to control himself better than we can. Okay. So. All right. Wow. That was yeah. a long time. He circle. still may be Twitter-pated, but he can control it. <laughs>
1: There's a bigger circle than the first thing. There's so a
2: It's <laughs> like the circle of life when Windows gets slow on you. There you go. You know what we should do? What? We should probably
1: <laughs> take a break. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, kinda of start all over again. Okay. okay. <laughs> okay. Right. So you're listening to Mac Military Mill Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. One one is here. So, yeah. Switch is here. And Miam is here. here. And this is Mac. And so uh, stay listening, stay tuned, and we'll be right back after this.
6: Do you know where the world's most secret bases are located? Do you know what spooky action at a distance means? Is there a conspiracy by aliens to prevent us from conquering space? And where is the best place in the United States to see a real UFO? Find the answers to all these questions and more in Mac Maloney's new book, Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. Visit places you never knew existed, the Phantom Tunnels of Tokyo, the UFO trail in South America, and the very mysterious M-Triangle. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe contains hundreds of reports on ghosts, haunted planes and ships, weird celebrity deaths, mysterious sounds, and a breakdown of every monster in America, states by state. You've heard him talk about it on the radio. Now, get all of Mac's paranormal research in one large volume. Mac Maloney's Haunted Universe. With the forward by the very famous Wanwan. On sale now in your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
1: Middle track sauce show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is macaroni.
2: Macaroni, right. Go. I get letters from people who say know, that if I say sauce that
1: If I say Mac Maloney quick, it sounds like I'm saying macaroni. It, it does sound like macaroni. Okay. All
2: right. Thank you. Or well, it sounds like this is blah blah blah. <laughs> that voice you hear.
1: <laughs> Girls. You've been forewarned. The very famous one one is here. Did you
2: say forewarned? wand? Four wand. Yeah, in, in the earlier segment. I'm glad you're staying with us in the show. Okay, because I you. do love you all.
1: Um, he's, he he addressed all in black uh, because of the Bob Craft uh, insinuations situations. with conspiracy. The Bob Crafts yeah, conspiracy. The allegations that were made. He could have been he could have been set up by you know the, the NFL office. It wouldn't be the first time that you know the commissioner went after him for something stupid.
2: I think he was the only one that didn't have any control. Who's that? They're talking about. They're talking about slave uh, employees or something. I think, <laughs> I think he was drugged up uh, in his limousine or something. Well, he went twice said, hey, in two days. Hey, you're going to go in this new Chinese restaurant. You'll love it.
1: Yeah. Well, they say, what's the uh, one they time put a it's a blindfold on. Him. One time it's a curiosity.
2: Yeah. Uh, two times it's a habit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the line with us.
2: Maybe he went, he went there to get his money back.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's true. All right. See, the, you should have been a lawyer there, JJ.
2: I'm trying to figure it out.
1: On the line, uh, maybe this person will figure it out for us from Battle Creek, Michigan, up there where all the series are made. The Bull of Flags, the uh, almost equally very famous, very very famous, which blade, Steve Ward.
0: So I, I'm not quite as famous yet, but I'm inching toward famousness.
1: If you want to put it that way, yeah, you have sure. an entourage yet?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Hairdressers. I had to fire my hairdressers. hairdressers okay. They don't do the part right. Yeah, really, <laughs> and uh, yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> Be nice to the little people on the way up there, Switchy. Because you're gonna meet. Oh, uh, you down. know, there's
0: always always more little people
2: I can step on. <laughs> okay.
0: Right.
2: See, so he called for his pipe, then he called for his bowl of frosted flakes. <laughs> yes. He called for his fiddler's three.
1: Okay. Now listen. Tonight uh, we have a technical mystery, as they say in the biz. We are hardly registering right now, but when Switch says something, it goes off the board.
0: Hmm. Let me turn my mic down. No, yeah, maybe, I, yeah, try try that. I think it, he's
2: going through a different um How about
1: that? Uh, yeah, that's th- but now we can't hear him as well. Come in, uh, can you get, it turned up a little bit there, Switchy.
2: One, two, okay. three.
4: Okay. How about that?
1: That's good. Leave okay. it at that. I, don't know. All All right. Right. I, think, I think the scale the, is different, too. Yeah, the screw, yeah, it, this funny things happen in this radio station, other than it being haunted by Bob the Ghost. But anyway, mm-hmm. so one one is here, Switch is here, so Switch, we okay. have to ask you because, you know, the world wants to know. What did you have for breakfast this morning?
0: Eggs, bacon and hash. Oh, wow. And black oh, really?
1: coffee. Hash. Oh yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, besides right, you emphasize the hash. Thank you. Yeah, emphasize the hash. Thank you, switchy. So what happened? You you for years you ate uh frosted flakes and then you started eating uh, you know, one hundred percent bran or something.
0: Uh, uh, Mac, I just I, I just didn't want to hear your disappointment. Oh, that's really? all. Oh really? <laughs> yeah.
1: What? You mean you really didn't eat you didn't have that meal?
0: No, no, no. I that's 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 real. You ate
1: it specially for us?
0: Uh well sometimes <laughs> I'll have it my for kind of a brunch or, or a lunch even. Okay, really, but I yeah. figured, no, you better have it for breakfast today so you can tell Mac okay. that you didn't have those uh, 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 flakes, okay. right. bran <laughs> flakes.
1: All right. Well, let's review then, okay? So you had uh, bacon and eggs. Is that what you said?
0: Yeah, yes. Uh, scrambled eggs, scrambled? bacon, and uh, corned beef hash.
1: Okay. And, and did you make it yourself or did the
0: uh, – I, I did, but in a microwave.
1: <laughs> oh, man, this this gets oh, worse so and worse.
0: Wrong. Come on, how do you make it's so that? It's all wrong. In? Switch. How do you make? Oh, it's it? easy. It's it's a uh, I'm excellent at it.
1: How do you make scrambled eggs in a microwave?
0: Uh, you get a little little thing. You put your mix your cheese in there, break thing. your egg, put it in there, uh, put it in for a minute and a half, and
1: yep. voila. Wow, and that and that's that it dispels with all the um, you know the hardship of putting it in a frying pan and shaking it around a little
2: bit.
0: Uh, hey, listen, I, I ain't got time for that oh, wow. uh, okay. you know, these days. I don't clean I, the pan I, afterwards. I don't blame I, him. I, I used to, to have my again. hairdressers do that, too, but they're, I fired him, so... I see.
2: Okay. All right.
1: Well, you know, those microwaves, invented by GE, by the way, uh, they took World War II technology I and invented Raytheon
2: the I thought Raytheon invented... Who? I, oh, Raytheon invented uh, radar. Radar, right. The,
1: real, the modern radar. Yeah. Something is going on here, JJ. I don't know what it is. Something's wrong with the board tonight. I, I know that you're saying it's a different scale, but it seems to be going all over the place.
2: Yeah, now it's lower.
1: Yeah. But anyway, so so switch. Okay, that's so you make it yourself, and 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 uh, you know, if you don't mind us, you know, butting into your personal life, what's the what's the little lady say after you finish a plate of those bad boys?
0: Uh, she said the the, the the microwave bacon I put in the microwave. Yes, uh, she says it smells like hell.
1: Oh yeah, okay. It doesn't smell like bacon. It smells
0: like hell. I, I don't know what it, you know, okay. it, it's, it claims to be bacon on the uh, on the box. So oh, I, we're, oh I mean. is that good quality bacon? Excellent.
1: It's okay. that
2: bacon that doesn't have to be refrigerated. Is that right? Uh
1: Yeah, no, it has to be refrigerated. Oh, it okay. does. Okay, right. then yep. you're, you're in the clear. <laughs> yeah. we went yeah, into, I was
2: thinking it might be beef jerky by mistake. We or went
1: into a restaurant the other night and, uh, you know, usually just sit at the bar. This is Lois and I. We sit mm-hmm. at the bar. And we usually have appetizers and a drink instead of sitting down for a meal. Right. And we went into this really foofy place. You know the place. And. But they changed their appetizer menu, you know, every month, and it was just it was bacon, meatballs wrapped in bacon. Oh yeah, <laughs> bacon. You know this place. You know you were lucky if you got a freaking salad at this place, and now they're throwing you know meatballs wrapped in bacon at you. So I got them, and there was there was more bacon on that than I've eaten in ten years. I ain't kidding you. You were
2: begging for more bacon. Oh, it's great.
1: It's great. Bacon is the worst thing you can eat, but man, it tastes good. It's just it's, something. It's
2: amazing love. what bad food there is out there that's tastes good. Yeah,
1: Don't you think God kind of goofed
2: up? He, why would he make the good stuff he's, bad? He's laughing at every yeah. time we're really? eating sugar, fat, and bacon.
1: Yeah, okay. So it was his invention, and he's laughing mm-hmm. at us. Yeah. So, Switchy, how are you doing? Beyond uh, yeah, wonderful. Okay, all right. And uh, tonight you have a very strange topic. Is it, correct me if I'm wrong, because I probably am, is it Israel, giants, and UFOs?
0: You have hit it, yes, wow. in the 1990s. Yeah. Uh, a, a a investigator over there named Barry Chamish. Yeah, yes. Okay. He uh, that there's all these things it started in the late 80s and then uh, accelerated in the early 1990s. Yes, sir. Uh it just a, a bizarre series of events. And he kind of wondered when 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 this started opening up he wondered if he was going to be able to make a connection between the prophets of old and the angels of the Bible mm-hmm. with all this. So he kind of had that on his mind as he got into this. Now things started uh, in the in the late 80s, just some very strange events. And when when we look at the stuff, we tend to want to think uh, ET or some mm-hmm. other eraser intelligence yes. and so forth. But but when we look at these uh, events, they're very hard to categorize. Uh, so what what happened was uh, September 28th, 1987. Now when we get into the 90s, we're going to get to the really weird stuff, the landings. But in 1987, September 28th, mm-hmm. Ami Cray He's a 27 year old auto mechanic. He's driving south near Shukmona Beach.
3: Yes.
0: And this is right along the Mediterranean.
3: Yes.
0: He spots it first, what he thinks is a helicopter, maybe in trouble. It's very low. And then he he stops, gets out of his car, and sees it's a classic uh, disc shaped object. Mm -hmm. Uh, All of a sudden, it gives off a bright red flash and vanishes. So he reports it. A couple days later, a local ufologist named uh, Hadasha Arbel. Yes, he does an investigation. He goes there. He he finds and this is really crazy. He finds this image. It's almost like it's burned into the sand, uh, about uh, 15 yards in in diameter, kind of an ellipse. And there's a kind of an open space on it where it looks like a window and maybe an image of a like a person standing in the window. Yet this is all burned on the sand. It doesn't make any sense. Wow. Uh, in, in late a few years later, Barry Chambers was able to get the uh, sightings program that I think used to be on Fox in the mid-90s or so to, to come in there.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but, and so they saved some of this sand. And they, when they, uh, the Fox people, uh, uh, the sightings people uh, tried to photograph it, under the lights, this stuff just melted, the sand that they had kept. Wow. So wow. it t- turned out it was uh, – yeah, uh, again, doesn't make any That's sense. That's
1: unfortunate. Uh, well, melting uh, into, into nothingness?
0: It just it just melted. I don't know if it left a residue or whatever. They don't really say. Okay. But uh, June uh, 1988. Uh, oh, by the way, it uh, yeah it melted under the lights. So they didn't really uh, give a uh, uh, thing. Say what the material was. Some of the stuff they found was very high in uh, uh, magnesium, I think. Okay. But anyway, uh, 1988. They get a lot more of these disc-shaped craft have been seen, and then. In '89, uh, 89, April '89, two witnesses, the same area, the same beach. They see another one of these craft. This one seems to explode. Now, you know, if we're thinking in terms of ET visitors from beyond, why are these things exploding? Right. And it it it, it just sh- it's like a, a bunch of the well, if white the, metal shavings. If the, if the rover uh, is they're probably
1: shooting them down.
0: Well, let's down? hope not.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: please. Uh, uh, and uh, it tur- it's uh, it's cool to the touch when they actually go up and touch these. Pieces of metal or whatever it is, and then they just turn to ash. Hmm. This, this they did analyze. It was almost 100% magnesium.
1: Why would it be magnesium? That's a strange thing to yeah. build a UFO out of. You ever see ever see magnesium if it gets hot enough? How it burns? It, no, it, I it, You can't put it out. It's like an acetylene torch. It's really it's but, dangerous if it catches on fire. Mm-hmm. I know that. Go ahead, please, Steve.
0: But then, early '90s, uh, a around Katama, which is about 60 miles north of Tel Aviv. That's when we start to get the really strange landings. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's about 6.30 a.m., March 20th, 1993. Support Carmel. She's awakened at 6.30 a.m. Orange glow fills her, the room. She wakes up, goes outside. She sees this silver object on the ground. She describes it as kind of a silo-looking thing. She's wondering, Mm -hmm. what the heck is that doing there? And she's still kind of half asleep. There's beams of light coming out of this thing. And then she notices something standing next to it. First, she thinks it's a workman, but then she realize realizes whatever this is, she calls it a giant, seven feet tall, wearing some kind of silver coveralls. Cool. She's fairly close to this thing. It's wearing a, 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 some kind of a hat or helmet. She said it looks kind of like a beekeeper's. Hat okay. with a veil, All right. so this 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 thing's face is completely obscured. Now she's completely dumbfounded at first, and then she has a little bit of presence of mind, and she asks this this individual if she will if he will remove his covering so she can see his face, and he says simply says that's the way it is.
1: I wow, guess that okay. means
0: no, but she also, <laughs> she hears it telepathically, She and she hears it in Hebrew. It wasn't Tom mm. Brokaw,
1: was it? Isn't that what he, how he used to sign oh. up? That's the way it is? Oh, that's what okay. <laughs> It could have been. It could okay. have been. All right, yeah. go ahead. Okay. But, but the, he said it in,
0: in Yiddish to her or in
1: Hebrew to well, her? He,
0: he, she, she heard it in her own language. Wow. Yes, in Hebrew. Interesting. Okay. Now, that the dogs are going crazy, and then, like in so many of these cases, she, I mean, this is still going on. He's standing there and there's this craft or whatever is there, she decides that she needs to go back into the house and have a cup of coffee.
1: Okay, good good plan. So,
0: yep, and then she doesn't know why she did it, but then when she comes out again, is has gone. What? The next day, she finds a 15-foot circle or a saucer nest or craft circle, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Now, her neighbor, Shah Shaud, she's wakened at 2.30 a.m. These guys keep showing up early in the morning. Yes. This is March 31st. Okay. Now, she's awakened by the sound of an explosion. And then Once she again, she, you're she in went to Israel.
1: <laughs> then that happened. Well, minute. it's a regular occurrence. A, yeah, right. It used to be anyway. There,
0: there's there's a couple of these that that are preceded by an explosion. Like I'm always looking for patterns. Okay. Now these two of these giants appear in her bed. Oh, like one just one giant appears in her bedroom.
3: Okay.
0: He doesn't seem to be walking. He seems to be floating around her bed. Okay. She describes him as seven foot tall, yes. coveralls, tall, thin, coveralls. bald. Be- bald. Okay. Bald. bald definitely made eyes eyes like traffic lights
1: okay
0: wow okay she falls she falls back to sleep she <laughs> gets up in the morning and think okay what a crazy dream and she gets and finds one of these saucer nests in her backyard wow.
2: a saucer nest.
0: what's this guy up to <laughs> well so, i think uh, there oh, may be there may be many of them anyway this this crop circle uh uh it uh the, the grass inside grows, turns out, it stays there. It grows about half as quickly as the stuff on the outside. So there was really something physical wow. that happened there. Wow. Um, there's, a, there's another one, uh, Batya Shimon, 1993. Uh, these giants come in the, uh, the apartment, in the bedroom. What another is orange glow.
3: Okay.
0: Uh, it's like they're floating around. She said they had kind faces. They seemed to be enthralled by her son's aquarium. Okay. All yes, right. I hope they weren't hungry.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah, sure. And, and how old are these women? Are they
0: elderly women or are they? Good, excellent question because okay. I was going to bring that toward the end. Okay. Most of them, Barry Chambers found out, are uh, toward their late <laughs> 30s. Right to the punchline. Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yes, uh, I, uh, uh, yes about, about, about 30-ish actually. Okay. And <laughs> right. it's – it's, it's, wow. it's See, it makes the you know, story better, Steve. <laughs>
1: you, you've heard,
0: you've heard uh, uh, website for Bud better. Hopkins and David Jacobs oh, uh, yeah, talk true. about these false pregnancies. Oh, you remember? Have you heard that uh, the uh, uh, no the, the the woman has a like an encounter, and then uh, they, they seem to have these false pregnancies. the The belief in some of the researchers is that there's been some kind of a hybridization going on there, and it's a real pregnancy, and the aliens come by and you know harvest the fetus. Wow. Of course, other people say it's just a hysterical pregnancy. I agree. But Jamish realized that several women about the same age were all. Uh, 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 experiencing this, yes.
1: Why, okay. why, why would the why would aliens and this is the universal question? Why would aliens do that
0: to us? You know what I mean?
1: They're so far. Advanced. They got nothing better to do. Nothing better to do. Okay. <laughs> like Bob Graff, <Graham, laughs> right? Yep. Anyway, go ahead, yeah, please,
0: there Please. There was even an, an incident where uh, a couple guys saw these. Uh, they heard the explosion. They saw the aliens. They called the police. They got a hold of the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Israeli army thinking it might be terrorists, thinking maybe yes. these guys, uh, you know, exaggerated yep. uh, their experience or whatever. Uh, Barry Chamish got the sightings people to come in. He gave mm-hmm. them kind of a layout of all the stuff that was going on, so they showed up and they started uh, to film some of the crop circles and interview some of the people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there was even some animal mutilations, right. uh, uh, sheep and so forth, well, chickens dying. Uh, so you probably I, want
1: to watch it. What you tell the Israeli military they might be terrorists. they are just coming to just blow the hell out of everything. Yeah. You know, you got to watch, you know. Well, they they did find, they got trackers out, there and they
0: found these deep, large footprints that went off mm-hmm. for a long, long stretch. Mm-hmm. So they See, did find something. Right. So a lot of this was covered in the, in the media. Mm-hmm. A lot of this was covered on sightings. So there was some documentation that something was going on. Right.
1: right. So I just, I just have to ask the question. I mean, like, to me, and... What I imagine Israel's is like is you got like military stuff happening all the time. Right. You know, they're either flying over you or you see the 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 presence is your, mm. is in your daily. It's life. a way of life. You know, wouldn't I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if there was all kinds of secret, you know, stuff flying around and landing and stuff <laughs> like that. I mean, any chance that this stuff was, you know, just like a secret, top secret military equipment.
0: Well, here's let's let's go look at this next one. This is kind of an aberration. Most most of these were giants, but there was a, a lady returning home from Tel Aviv, yes,
3: uh,
0: and uh, she, uh, uh, Shoshana Barrow. and she, this is a December thirty first, and she sees one of these objects, and it breaks into three pieces, and then one of the pieces breaks into more, and it falls over this cliff, okay. the cliffs of Natanya. Mm-hmm. So she stops. She's there with her boyfriend. They get out. They look over the edge, and on the on the ledge below, she sees four classic gray aliens. Mm-hmm. Now, this is the only time you hear about these other aliens. And then uh, she looks up and sees their crafts. You classic disc-shaped craft. Yes, yes. And. There's one of them floats toward her. Wow. She she was also this under regressive hypnosis. She was interviewed on TV. She saw, it looked like eye beams coming out of this thing. It went up and touched her, and then she went out. She collapsed on the ground. Yikes. Her boyfriend, just trying to get to her, uh, he can't move. He's frozen. Mm-hmm. And finally, he works his way over to her, tries to pick her up. She feels like a block of concrete. Mm-hmm. He's pulling her toward the road. She says to him, I want to go back, okay. but she's saying it in a voice that's not hers.
3: Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: So, we don't know, they don't know what happened to the craft or whatever. Then maybe there was missing time, mm-hmm. but they finally got her to the hospital. Her face was all burned wow. and so forth. She was interviewed on TV. Barry Seamus uh, interviewed her, thought that she was probably uh, credible.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. I hope he never mentioned to his wife, at one point you felt like a block of concrete. <laughs> you <know, you're> ain't <laughs> yes. got nothing ever after that pal.
0: Now, she had, she had all kinds of strange stuff going on. Uh-huh. She had uh, apparitions in her house. She had the horrible odor. There were red orbs and so forth. Uh, you know who Daryl Sims is, the uh, famous UFO yes, investigator? Yes. He, he came over there, did a lot of investigating. Wow. You know how they shine the fluorescent light on abductees and yes. they get these strange marks? Yeah, yeah, well, she yeah. had the green and yellow marks all yes. over her. Wow. So it seemed like something was really going on. Okay, now awesome. we're getting toward the the exciting, toward this exciting conclusion Okay, here. you got 20 seconds. Oh, uh, I, oh <laughs> Please boy. Just, uh, go ahead, go. Okay. The Circle of Giants, okay, yes. there's a plateau on top of the Golden Heights and it's got five rings. It's one of these ancient structures, you know, shades of ancient aliens. Yes. Uh, if you weigh all the stones, they weigh 37,000 tons, estimated. Okay. Uh, the summer wow. solstice lines up back in 3,000 B.C. Oh, cool. Probably right. built about 5,000. Yes. Nomadic tribes? No. Who who possibly did this? So there was a uh, 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 close to the circle is Ashtarot, a town named after the Canaanite goddess of war. Okay. Ashterot was the Can- Canaanite name for Sirius, the constellation. Oh yeah. Sirius. Yeah yeah. And Josh- Joshua, we're told that Og of Bashan was the last who ruled at Ashtarot. In Deuteronomy, we're told that these people were giants. Wow. The uh, wow. the uh, uh, the uh, the Nephilim. Wow. Now. Barry was looking for the possible connection with angels and the prophets. He said he failed. Right. But when you look at the giant theme, uh-huh. the the looking on the uh, uh, Genesis six, and the sons of God uh-huh. saw that the daughters yeah, of that, men were yep. beautiful, yep, and they yep. took them. Yep. Well, that's he well, thought that's, that perhaps there was a connection there.
1: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that's a strange place. That whole area is just like really strange because it's so ancient you know what i mean just it's been around for so long i mean egypt and so on all the way over to the middle east they have just such long histories weird stuff has happened
2: you know it's like the history since the beginning of time yeah
0: really
1: well,
2: there was... were
0: two women that claimed that they had this, these false pregnancies
1: oh really okay well that's... maybe that's another show <laughs> you know we'll check with the lawyers okay thank you switchy for that report And um, why don't we take a commercial break there now, J.J., okay? All right. You're listening to Mac Maloney's Military Exile Show here
4: on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. We'll be right back after this. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52 or 53 or 54? 54, 54, 54, How about Tanapar Test Range or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe, the haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon.
6: UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone, or something, looking in on us? In UFOs in Wartime, what they didn't want you to know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dog fights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs and Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know by Mac Maloney, on sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Style Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Well, you know, you've just walked in in the middle of a party. I mean, there's no other way to put we're it. We're just having so much fun. We're, we're yeah. beside ourselves. The uh, very famous one-one is here, girls. Hello, girls. Okay, I'm here. You might want to stand in the far corner of the room. We're
2: still here. <laughs> we're still here.
1: <laughs> we never get old. Also, uh, Coco has uh, had to log off because he's back in a secret mission. Thank you for joining us earlier or later in the show, depending. Uh, super fan Barbara With is with us, though. She is still with us.
3: Yes, I am. Hello.
1: Up there on Madeline Island. Freezing is to death. Madeline Island. Madeline Island.
2: Madeline Island, Lake
1: Superior. In, in Wisconsin. Okay. Wow. How did you ever get up there? I mean, is is there a thumbnail version? You weren't born on the island, were you?
5: No, no. I was hired to play a gig up there in 1979. Uh, oh, all
1: right. And you fell in love with the place? Yep. Okay. And And what's the temperature right now?
5: Up there, I think it's
2: about 11. Oh, where are you? Not bad.
1: Where are you right well, now?
5: I'm in Madison, Wisconsin.
2: Aww. Oh, Madison. <laughs> oh,
1: I thought you were on the island. It's much more romantic I, than the. you're on the island. I, don't
5: wanna, I didn't want to you burst your bubble.
2: Well, you just did. Uh, but I forgive you. She's, she's on the college campus someplace.
1: Uh, yeah. Okay.
2: yeah. All right. That might be another show. Who knows? Could be. Hey, listen.
1: Also on the line with us, kind of up in the same part of the world, maybe you two know each other. It's uh, up there in Battle Creek, the Bowl of Flakes. Valley Michigan, Wisconsin, Michigan. What's the difference, really? Nothing, right? <laughs> oh, <stop. laughs> it's a,
2: it's a, it's a couple of miles.
1: Switchblade, Steve. You,
0: you know, I'm hearing her twice because if I opened the window a little bit, I can hear her voice. You She's can so hear close. her, yeah. See? Okay. Yeah. Hi, Steve. Hey, hey, what's See?
1: up? <laughs> How are you doing there, uh, Steve Arena? I'm, I'm doing great. Great? Okay. All right. Now, you know what I'm going to ask you? Are you going to disappoint me again? Us? You're listening? Well,
0: uh, you've heard of the, the expression third rail. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. I know. Don't don't, don't, step touch on it. It. Yeah.
2: don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't don't be pushed that's on not, it.
0: That's not where I was going. I, I had donuts this morning. Oh right. Oh aye, yes. Aye, yes. Just a, yes. Nothing. You know. Come not on, even. Not he's, even. he's, no, I know he's a real person. Yeah. And buy the fresh ones. I know he's those. In a box, I know somewhere.
1: those energy okay. bars. Those energy bars when last more than two. weeks. Hostess donuts or something. Excellent. Wow. How many donuts did you have? Two. Two, and the big ones or the mini donuts.
0: Uh, they, they were uh, normal-sized donuts, All but right. I, I might might have had another one or two later on oh, during man. the morning.
2: I like the uh, coffee cup brand. the, the, the Coffee world, with a K. With the,
1: uh, with the little handle on it? No, maybe. no, no.
2: They're just a brand name. But, yeah, right. a Dunkin' Donut has a handle on it. Switch had two
1: donuts for breakfast. The world makes sense again.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that the employees at Dunkin' Donuts have no idea what a Dunkin' Donut is? Because it's out of well, I, but I'm not going to go there. Okay. That's another segment.
1: Uh Barbara. Yes, sir. And uh, now I have to ask you, what did you have for breakfast today? Super fan, Barbara. With
5: uh, I had an apple with some peanut butter and mm. some black tea with well uh, cream.
1: Wow. Okay. And would you get a little buzz off that? Is that the angle? I do. Oh, you do. Okay. All right. Let me write buzz that off down. Black,
2: black, black tea. Okay. Good, good protein with the peanut butter. Yeah. Uh, was it organic? Uh, of yes. It yes, it was. Okay. Okay.
1: Switch. Have you ever, have you ever eaten an apple with peanut butter on it ever for breakfast? I do uh, it all the time. No,
0: I don't. I uh, I don't eat a lot of a fruit because uh, unless it's in a pie. Okay. Because. Uh, <laughs> oh wow, Steve! It, it tastes Thank so you. much better in a pie. You know. Thank when you, when you for coming saying, back into the uh, fold. Really. Uh, uh, blueberry, you know, uh, yep. lemon. Oh man. You oh yeah. Know, okay. Uh, chocolate, although it's not really a fruit.
1: So you don't eat is apples unless it it's a pie. We consider it a fruit. It is a fruit. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a staple. I'm, I'm
2: anyway. with switch on that, but I I do like fresh apples with peanut butter i have a jar of peanut butter in my car okay and i dunk the apple yes. slices in the peanut butter really as you're yes. driving along and yeah, you're yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah
1: you should be pulled over for something
2: really it's, it's not it's not illegal to eat peanut butter and apples while you, you're driving
1: we're in new hampshire you don't know that <laughs> okay well the way i do it what did you have for breakfast let's just go right around the table oatmeal
2: with flaxseed meal uh uh wal- crushed walnuts okay and uh you know that was it. Well, huh. some, a little bit of maple syrup, teaspoonful of yeah. maple syrup. Put a little now liquid sugar around
0: there. I, I think if I was in prison, yeah. I'd be
2: eating that.
1: Yeah, right. That <laughs> sounds like, sound like prison food. Mac, what did you have for breakfast? I had... A beer. A Bloody Mary. No. <laughs> oh, do
2: you say a beer. <laughs> you were celebrating with the Patriots.
1: I have... Uh, I know it sounds weird, but every morning I have a piece of, one piece of toast... With a very thin skim of peanut butter on it, no Mm -hmm. salt, no sugar, peanut butter. And then I drizzle a little honey that um, Al Martino makes for us. Yeah. And just.
2: That honey is great. I'll tell you,
1: it really is really good. And
2: you don't have to put a lot on
1: it. Nope. And I I don't know, did the calorie count on this? It's like about 100 calories.
2: I think honey's good for it. It's like a health food, isn't it, Barbara? Honey?
5: I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. No, I mean. Comes from a bee. How bad can it be?
1: Right. And never goes bad. Right. You know, and it, it's, if it, 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 I mean, it's sugar, but it's kind of good sugar in mm, a way, you yeah. know. And from having honey, I don't use, like, the white sugar anymore, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, you know, scratches that itch, you know. So, yeah, that's what I have. I, I've i had that for breakfast, like, every morning for a year now. Okay? And it's yeah. just it fills me up. What can I say? I, I remember we were talking about earlier. And you're looking before. better, too, by the way. Thank you, Juan, yeah, Juan. definitely. Thank you, my loyal friend. Yeah. Okay. You're still buying but tonight. You're still picking okay. up the tab. It's okay. I am pick I up the okay. tab. All right. We have that on tape, um, but uh, yeah, you can. Sugar is, you know, uh, someone just in the medical profession just said to me, "Don't eat or consume anything that's white." Okay, yeah. so no sugar, no pasta, a lot of fun anything stuff. Anything bleached. Anything bleached is just—it's just, you know, I don't know if it's bad for you, but it's not good for you. It's you know, kind of neutral, you know. So. You know, when I lived in
2: Charlestown, yes, I lived right down the street, walking distance, yes, from the Revere Sugar and Domino oh, yeah. Sugar Plant.
1: Okay. And
2: oh. I was like having a ball because they'd let me walk in the place. Really? Yeah. yeah. And lick the sugar. It's amazing here. they let kids. I wonder if their insurance adjuster ever knew that. You know, <laughs> not these days. Jeez. Let this kid wandering around in the. Yeah. So, wow. Now I'm hungry. I I lived off of sugar.
1: Now now I'd like to have a couple donuts, frankly. <laughs> so Steve, uh, yes. You have a report for us tonight, and I understand it's like a top ten. Now I should say, hey. uh, we're not in the uh, we're not neglecting ten questions for JJ. It's just that the next time we do ten questions, it's going to be an extra special ten questions. Oh, great. Okay, all right. Great. Oh, whoa! <laughs> gonna, I, don't know, I don't know why the crickets are responding in the way they are, but so just uh, just hold. You know, you don't have to hold your breath, but you know,
2: get mm-hmm. ready for it. You know what I mean? There, it's going to be blue ten questions for JJ. It's
1: going to be a mind blower. Hopefully. Okay. Uh So, uh, Steve, but you have a top ten, and, and it's the top ten um, biggest paranormal stories of forever.
0: Yes, well the way the story evolved, I I was looking at a a fake magazine article from nineteen ninety nine and they went through the top one hundred paranormal events of the last century. Yes, yes. So I I picked out some of the the best ones, I thought, and then you suggested that we make a kind of a top ten list. So which, you know, is not easy to do. So I have to say, for the purposes of this report, uh, I am no longer Steve Ward, switchblade Steve Ward. I am Rolo Rolo Tomasi. Uh, if they have any, any complaints about this list, I am Rolo Tomasi, storm drain, Poughkeepsie at gmail.com. Wait a minute. <laughs> people, people are going to hate, hate my list. They're going to not like the order. There's going to be all kinds of complaints. Okay. okay? All right. Because on. I understand there's hundreds of th- uh, ones I could pick, yes. and it's down to 10, and everybody's going to hate Rolo Tomasi. Okay. For this list.
1: Please tell me that's not a real person's name, is
0: it? It's actually, if uh, it actually comes from a film, it would be uh, take about five minutes to explain it. Oh, okay. So we right. probably shouldn't do that.
1: Are we going to hear from that film's lawyers or attorneys or anything like that?
0: No, you know, people will probably rent it now. You know. Okay. Uh, uh, All right. <laughs> LA Confidential. Check so the, out LA Confidential. Oh, so that's yeah, our defense. Right oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, all, right. all right. Wow. That's, that's kind that of an obscure familiar. reference.
1: Right. What, 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 yeah, I do remember the name. What happens to them in LA Confidential? Isn't that the snitch? Well,
0: well, 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 it's a, no, it's a fictional name. It's okay. like the, uh, the guy that gets away. You oh, I see. don't know who the perpetrator okay. was, but they see, and I'm going to be the guy that gets away. Mm-hmm. They don't know who really did this list or who came up with it. Right. But they hate it. So okay. that's the idea. Okay.
1: Kind of a long road there, Juan Juan, don't you think? It
0: was. I, yeah. Okay. I all right. But that's okay. I tried to avoid the long road, but we took okay. Anyway. Went
2: around in circles like that donut he was eating.
0: <laughs> okay, wow.
1: Somehow <laughs> okay, we got to get we'll donut. Don- oh, well. Do we know a bar that serves donuts? <laughs> I wish Dunkin' Donuts served we donuts. Oh, wait, I wish nope. Dunkin' Donuts <laughs> served liquor, <laughs> right? Wow. I've got, we better write that down.
2: Nope, it's already there. I got, I got a six-pack of Harpoon with uh, Dunkin' Donuts coffee in it.
1: What? Yeah. Oh.
2: They're taking over them. Amazon. It's not that great, but yeah, okay. it's it's an interesting concept. But there goes them as a sponsor.
1: Okay, please, Steve. So we're going to start at number. Okay. Th- oh, Barbara, you going to say we're something? We're going right?
0: to start at number ten. Can we, we go, just go, set, go up to the, the best one? Switchy, uh, let's switchy.
1: Let, yes. Barbara was going to make some comment. I'm sure is. Oh, okay, please, Barbara. Well
0: oh, I was just waiting for Rolo. Oh,
1: okay, okay. all right. Yeah, Thank you. I don't Thank know you.
0: who Steve is, but mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Rolo.
1: Now I'm on a candy. computer. Stormdrain at is gmail
0: dot com. Okay. okay. Now the other thing is these are picked not necessarily because they're real yep. or you know with, that's debatable. It's because of the the shockwaves, the reverberations that they made throughout the, okay. the the paranormal community. Okay. Okay. So so well so listen,
1: so, you've apologized for it. Do we have enough time to to actually do the list now? <laughs> We're okay. running out of time. All right, let's go. Number <laughs> ten.
0: Number ten. George Adamski, his alleged meeting on November twentieth, nineteen fifty two, with Orthron the Venusian in the California desert. Wow. Okay. This this really kicked off the, the contact D movement, which is still thriving today. Right. There are there are all kinds of reports. Uh, some some of the the contactee uh, reports kind of mo- are uh, blend in with the abductee reports. It gets very blurry. Mm-hmm. And some even some of the contactees that seem to have been uh, 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 f- uh, fraudulent uh, charlatans or whatever. If you follow the trail enough, every once in a while you'll find something that seems real. So it's very very murky. But anyway, he uh, he really created a a huge shockwave back in the early fifties when he made this claim about contacting the Venusian in the desert.
1: Right. And, and what did they have this what did the Venusian say to him? Anything,
0: uh, you know, peace, love and brotherhood pretty much. And that's kind of what, you know, uh, I mean, they're, uh, uh, it's, it's something that was very, uh, you know, attracted a lot of people. And there was a, in the Detroit area where I grew up, of okay. course, this is back in the fifties, there was a flying saucer club. Uh-huh. And, you know, when, when this came out, they were, they would uh, uh, get, pull their money together to pull in people like George Adamski and George Van Tassel, and even a few, you know, s- supposedly credible people like, uh, like Donald Kehoe oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and Edward Ruppelt and to, to talk at the, uh, uh masonic temple downtown okay. so this is this is in the early days before they could really sift through you know what was real and what wasn't what was more legitimate and not. but it was made it was huge
1: you know we have and a so, special uh sound effect for detroit there one one we do we're what gonna try it
0: out ready <laughs> nope that <laughs> isn't it obviously
1: <laughs> <What> <laughs> okay heck? we're gonna have to re-engineer that oh man it was supposed to be gunshots i'm sorry so were, were you in the detroit ufo on uh, club now richie
0: well, this one was before my time. Okay. But I, uh, I had a, uh, I had a, uh, we had a high school UFO okay. club when I was a kid. How many people and, were in
1: that? How many people were from uh, Memphis? Four. Four? <laughs> four. Okay. Yes. Let me guess. And, there wasn't uh,
2: three chicks in you, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, he, absolutely.
2: He, he joined that to get chicks. <laughs>
1: Did you?
0: you Couldn't make it I, in the you, National Honor Society. you gotta be kidding! <laughs> <laughs> wasn't getting any chicks, so I might as well have been in a UFO club. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <all> right. <laughs>
1: Sorry, we went down that road there, folks.
0: Hey, look, and so I'm sorry too. Sorry to you, Barbara.
1: Okay, why don't we go to number nine?
0: Okay, number nine, crop circles. The advent of crop circles. They're in the fake. 90s. though.
1: come on, they're fake. They're That's, not fake. Yes, man. And yes, but.
0: Yes, well, well, there are there are some reports that are a little dubious. Perhaps there's some reality there, but it's not just that. If you trace this phenomena back, you go into the 1960s, you get what they call saucer nests, a little bit simpler and so okay. forth, but people actually would see lights. They would see crafts sometimes landing out in the field. Mm-hmm. They go there the next day, they'd find these rings on the ground. Right. And this phenomenon has been around forever, but- even before the Kenneth Arnold sighting, which we'll get to a little bit later. They, were, they used to call them fairy rings um, back in the couple hundred years ago. they would see uh, these depressed circles in the ground they would see strange lights in the sky that they called fairy lights instead of (laughs) orbs or UFOs and they would see the little people sometimes looked very similar to some of the UFO pilots Mm -hmm. only their wardrobe was slightly different Wow you know he's
1: he's perfectly described the Boston combat zone (laughs) but anyway I digress go ahead please
0: okay Number eight, there. and again, these are these are are things that well, shot waves still just, exist today. Can right? We just go
1: back to the crop circles for a second now. Oh,
0: so oh, yeah.
1: The guys, but there were two guys when the, when the modern era of crop circles. Mag, the, the, Mac, the, the, the two I'm guys. Stop you. I'm sorry.
2: They Duggan, get two Duggan guys they, with a two by four were, and string. No, they came out. That's and right. that's, the no, they, they make, that's the way they make. That's they
0: make a lot of them. But they, these no. guys claimed they those made them are, like all over the place. Guys appearing are all over the world. Now, some of the very complex ones are certainly done by people. I even know somebody that went over to England okay. and was we making some of these under the cover of darkness. <laughs> Why, would they do are, that? Our,
1: our, Why would you do that though, just to freak out more UK people? There,
0: there are there are people that uh, they they meditate and that's you know communing with the earth and so forth. Allegedly, some of these people that have made some of these. Have seen the phenomena, the light balls show up well, see, when they're doing them.
1: That's what I want to know. See, because the thing about crop circles is that
2: <clears throat> there's a strange there's, energy th- from some of these crop circles. There's, ta-
1: too. Yeah. There's, there's tangible evidence, okay? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah very people tangible. wake up in the morning and and all of a sudden in the in the wheat field there's this circle. Okay, why does no one go out there with night you know night vision equipment? Night, you can you can videotape yeah. now at night, just like as if it's the day. You know, why doesn't
0: anyone? Set of NODs. Why don't they? they There, why don't they there video are it? some videotapes, but in the age of uh, computer-generated images, mm-hmm. I don't trust anything I see so as a still or videotape. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, uh, definitely, most of them, maybe all of them are. But now, some again, you go back and follow the history, the saucer nest and so forth. I know. I don't but, believe all those are fake.
1: But 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 people always, especially in the UFO community, people always backfill with stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, okay, this well, a question happened. how but they were made
2: me? if they were fake. I mean, if you, well, if you been, went well, out. Well, because are, the, the guys, the,
1: the, the hoaxes showed you how they were made. They're on 60 Minutes. They no, just, they, they take They weren't
2: even close. They, I saw those guys. They, were, they, wow. they weren't even close in how, trying to show you how a Barbara, a, a do you believe crop cervical It's a hoax, made. right?
1: Barbara, please back me up. No, please. it's not.
2: Barbara. I
0: don't know. I, Steve, you think they're all fake? No, I think, I think some that, of them are not real. necessarily. I think that some of them there have been Max some, thinks some they're films. All fake. I think they're all fake. What people have seen these little balls of light uh, in, traveling in the area of these crop circles. But they don't uh, see. Don't know,
1: where's that definitive video? This is something UFOs come and go. Okay, and, and it's very hard to get a definitive video but, of them. But if you, but, but if there's the a skid, field that is not doesn't have a crop circle on it when the sun goes down. And it does when the sun goes up. And we know there's tons of hoaxes out there. He knows someone who went over to England to do it in the in the dead of night. Why isn't there but a night vision film of them? Because it can be
0: hoaxed. It doesn't mean it was hoaxed. Here's the thing. The Skinwalker Ranch, Utah, the scientific team, the NITS team that was there documented over 200 separate paranormal incidents. None of them were repeated. And very few of them could they get on film. Sometimes a blurry light or whatever. This Whatever this phenomenon is, the legitimate part of the phenomena is very elusive and very hard to capture. That being said the vast majority of crop circles i'm sure are man-made even the very complex ones
2: okay
1: all right we'll call it a tie want to call it the tie they want one right. Right. i
2: mean there's still questions about it okay next but next I, I don't think they can all be ruled out
0: they're all fake go ahead next one <laughs> okay the book the chariots of the gods by Eric von daniken oh, yeah. 1970 yeah, that yeah. sent that sent reverberations now now he even uh, von Daniken admits that you know early on he was very enthusiastic and he got there were some you know uh, things that were not factual that were wrong mm-hmm. and they were corrected later and I used to kind of sneer at the ancient alien stuff as well but you can see all the way up to the present how popular that show is whether whether you think it's legitimate or not of mm-hmm. course they, they stretch things here and there but it's they could they produce a very interesting show but if you look if you actually look at the the broad scope of, of it, uh, there's a lot of really fascinating things in the past, yes. and, and certainly just because you know stone blocks are, are pretty hard to move and engineer doesn't mean that we have to go to aliens to explain everything right, right. it could could be that humankind is a uh, was very advanced and very innovative in ways we couldn't understand mm-hmm. but i'm not prepared as i used to be to completely reject the idea of some other intelligence or intervention there but you can see the way that the, the shockwaves that book has sent all the way right. you know through the decades to the present right. it's still there
1: i read it i read it when it first came out you know and and it blew me away because I was always interested in UFOs, but there was never anything, uh, there was like, no, I don't want to say there's no backstory to them, Is if I can use a showbiz term, okay? It was like, here they are, the Air, Take Force, or leave it. Yeah, the Air Force chases them, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. But now this guy comes out, and, and, and it's kind of, the book is, is written in a haphazard way, and, and then he went on to write a whole bunch of books. The first book and the second book were actually, in my opinion, you know, the best, because... He goes to places, and I think what he's on to, to tell you the truth, he's on to something. I, I don't even think he knows what it is, mm-hmm. okay? But there is definite proof. And as you say, Switch, you know, uh, up in the these three miles high, Stone Age men move blocks of granite, you know, 400 tons. It, it, that happened, okay? That's real. That isn't, you know, made right. up. And, and you know, to, to Von Dineken's theory, and he's a little bit of a shady character, too, but... His theory is is that aliens came down to this planet and basically seeded the planet in a way, okay? And they were here for a while, and they did all these fantastic things. And they made friends with, you know, the, uh, the peoples who they ran into who would be, you know, like the Aztecs and the Incas and the Egyptians and people like this, where these things show up. I mean— People still look at the pyramids they can't they still can't figure out the pyramids, you know I mean they, they kind of get it, but they still yeah. don't understand exactly how they were able to build these things right and they're gigantic mm. and, and 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 they're on the you know the axis of the earth and yeah. and they shouldn't have had the knowledge of the stars that they did to design these things, but they did you know um so so it I, I was fascinating. when I, I read those books over and over and over again. It was well, well
0: Cherries of the Gods is out on Audible mm-hmm. now, and uh, I listened to the first part of it. It was a big, long introduction where he goes back and corrects some of the mistakes he made in the first one. So right. it's, it's going to be an interesting read uh, or listen, however you do it. I think. Right. It,
1: it, it, if you have a chance, just read it. And, and you know, it's, it's it's the beginning of the alien astronauts theory, and it's 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 a fascinating idea just to read through it and see – how many very strange things this guy came upon? I mean, I know one of them was he went into a cave in like Paraguay, okay, deep in a cave, and there's a there's a cave drawing there, a mm-hmm. prehistoric cave drawing, yeah. of of a dinosaur. Okay, all right, fine. Okay, but but men never saw dinosaurs, you know, despite what you know. As far as I know, yeah, no, no one ever did. Okay, well, one of them, you know. <laughs> because there's millions and millions of years in between when the dinosaurs, you know went away yeah. and humans came okay so how would someone in the stone age in a cave in Paraguay know what a dinosaur looks like I don't know there is there's no answer but, but he comes up with dozens of things like that you know and he just says well it's ancient aliens but if you kind of keep an open mind about what it might have been it's like wow what's going on here this is crazy and, and the similarities between what the Incas were doing building pyramids and stuff like that mm-hmm. and, and and you know what the Egyptians were doing I mean right. It's almost like they're in communication they're with connected each other somehow. somehow. So yeah, go and go I would say, you know, read it or listen to it. It's it's he's he's really an interesting guy. And an interesting book. Who's the guy again? Eric Londineken. Uh go ahead there, please, Steve. What are we at? Okay. Number seven.
0: Number number seven. Okay. The Men in Black. The Albert Bender story, Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut, 1956. He's the one that was publishing, uh, uh, I think it was called something like Spacecraft News or whatever, all about UFOs. Big big fanzine at the time. And then he shut it down, claiming that he'd been approached by three men in black Mm -hmm. that told him to... Uh, stop his uh his research. Okay. And uh it was first reported in uh, Gray Barkers they knew too much about flying saucers, which was a really big book, you know, created all kinds of shockwaves mm-hmm. throughout the community. Uh John Keel talks about that book. It, you know, uh, uh, Gray Barker, who is kind of a trickster. Yes. Uh, he started out writing a kind of a serious book, and then kind of threw his hands up, according to John Keel, yep. and started making it up. Yeah. All but right. uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, but anyway, nevertheless, when in doubt, make it up? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. and, and Albert Bender later on wrote his own book called Flying Saucers and the Three Men," which is uh, reads a little bit like some of the bad science fiction of the 1940s from cool. Amazing Stories. And, however. When I first read it, it, it rang very much like some of the the strange stuff that John Keel was running into. Okay. you know, it was yep. uh, the Men in Black were more like apparitions, almost like a demonic manifestation, yes. than a than a government agent in a suit. Mm-hmm. At any rate, whatever the truth of the situation is, it you know it the Men in Black story hasn't died. Still around. Uh, yep. John Keel, uh, Jenny Randles, Nick Redfern right. have all, I, I talked, I've talked to some people one-on-one that I've had really bizarre encounters with, very strange guys right. dressed in black connected to the okay. UFO phenomenon. Okay, what so, number are we on now? That's We're on six now.
1: Okay, good, because we have four minutes left, so we should go. Oh, boy. Okay, go ahead. Okay.
0: six. July twenty fourth, nineteen forty seven, Kenneth Arnold is sighting over Mount Rainier, Washington. Right. And this sighting by itself, if we were just to describe it, no big deal. You know, mm-hmm. six saucers skipping across the water. But it, they coined the term flying saucer. Right. It, it it brought it to people were seeing them before and after, of course. But this really this turned the light on. This right. turned focused all the attention on to the yeah. flying saucer he, he, mystery.
1: He phoned ahead. He, he landed. He was a businessman. He saw these flying saucers and really checked out the story because the flying saucers were flying in a very unusual way. And the med- he landed at one place. He told someone there, and then he took off and he flew somewhere else. And by that time, the media was waiting for him. They had got wind of the story. He said they looked like saucers skipping across a um, a, a pond. Mm-hmm. Okay, They're right. going like this. Yep. And, and the media took that, and they, they turned it into flying saucers, and that's how we get flying saucers. UFO was actually a term invented by the U.S. military. Okay, next one, please, Stevie.
0: There was actually a flying flying saucer was coined by a farmer in 1918, but that's another story. Oh, wow. The, number five. How number five. you. The, the, <laughs> the Patterson-Gimlin film, okay. The Bigfoot. They call her Patty. Yep. The, uh, the, the film in Washington State. Uh, was it Washington or Oregon? Hmm. Anyway, okay. the Northwest How's that. Yes. And uh, it's been analyzed. Uh, Jeffrey Meldrum has analyzed it. No, the, the bone structure okay. of the leg and the foot. He's an expert in that. The way this thing walked, it couldn't have been human. Bill Moon examined it. It could not have been a costume. He documented it because of the way the muscle structure moved. Mm-hmm. It still, it has people, you know, a lot of people have, <laughs> have said, oh, I was in the costume or I know the guy that did. Yep. But that's nonsense. It's, you know, I've doubted it for a long time too, but it's probably legitimate.
1: Okay. Well, Number four. The, the Bigfoot walk's kind of funny in the film, but go ahead, please.
0: Yes. Number four, oh. swamp gas. Oh, yeah. March 1966 in Michigan, in my own backyard, Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who was still attached to Project Blue Book okay. and had not become one of the good guys yet. He's, later on, he started the Center for UFO Studies yes. in Evanston, Illinois. But he suggested that some of the sightings in Hillsdale, Michigan might be swamp gas. Well, that was it. The, the the press had their story. Yep. They didn't need to hear any more. And it's been swamp gas forever forevermore.
1: Right, right. I remember seeing that on TV. They they reported that. That was a real flap. They reported for about a week on the morning news. Before going to school, I would see it. And everyone's gone. oh, it's just swamp gas. And meanwhile, they're talking to witnesses. And they've seen these fantastic, you know, something. It wasn't swamp gas. But it was the, something they ate. Huh? The military swamp said gas. it was swamp gas, therefore it was swamp gas. OK, next this, one,
0: please. Yeah, there were a lot of credible sightings by police officers and right. so forth. The yeah. next one, number three. 1933 the road from foyers to inverness and loch ness was open and people started seeing this strange creature nessie with the long neck and the humps and so forth Mm -hmm. but if they would would go back in folklore there was something in that lock for centuries they called it the water horse or the kelpie which they believed was an evil shape-shifting kind of a creature but that road open up the the whole Loch Ness mystery, mm-hmm. and that's pretty really fascinating itself. Because if you follow that, you actually takes you down a paranormal trail eventually as right. well.
1: We get a nice letter from a fan who heard uh, the best of Switch was on last week, which was a ratings bonanza. Yeah, it or not. <laughs> really? And, oh yeah. And and he uh, heard Switch's report, and he kind of filled us in on you know what happens up at Loch Ness and everything, and how if there's a monster there, it's very strange because there really isn't a lot for it to eat, you know, but uh it's a very deep place and you know who knows what's going on there a lot of people see it so something has to be going on there please next one well, that's
0: well, you... listen if it was a rating bonanza i'm gonna uh, chuck the rollo Tomasi name then okay now
1: <laughs> don't be so hasty go ahead please. number
0: number two whitley streber communion oh, yeah. the yep. grays all yes, right yes. this is uh, between uh, close encounters of the third kind the movie and whitley Strieber's great you know prior to that the the entities that were being reported yes. for the most part weren't grays right. they were other all kinds of other uh, descriptions right. and uh it's really kind of uh took over the yep. reporting whether whether that it's a real thing where the they the new kids on the block kicked out everybody else yep. or whether this is a matter of perception or or you know the way people perceive things he brought but a real uh,
1: sinister angle into it okay next one
0: okay we're down to number one it's a tie here we go Yes, Betty and Barney Hill. nineteen sixty one, New Hampshire. An absolute classic, solid, you know, absolutely yep. solid couple, believable. They had the abduction experience yes. uh, where they were taken on board the craft. They had an incredible uh, uh, a hypnotherapist. Dr. Benjamin Simon yes. checked them out., yes. and it, of course, it uh, was covered by the mainstream press at the time. Go ahead. they weren't afraid to do it. And, and the tie, tie is, the Mothman. Oh, of now, course. The reason the reason the Mothman, not just because of a, you know, a garden variety of winged creature. Right. It's because of all the other stuff that happened. That was like one of right. the first so called high strangest areas yep. where you had UFOs, cryptids, men in black, yeah. uh, ghostly phenomena, all in the same yeah, place. And just
1: in disasters with the bridge collapsing and everything, man. Yeah, that's that's really right up there. Hey, Switch, wow, that was pretty good. Top ten paranormal events. Yeah. All right. Thank you. What a way to close the show. Well, we've had a lot of fun tonight. Uh, thank you uh, to uh, Sasha Christie for joining us. Also, thank you to uh, Security Chief Club for telling us uh, all the very uh, m- marital aids that were sent to you there, One, one Of, of a course, ne- yeah. Of an ebony color. All uh, black, too. Thank you, Coco, uh, for joining us. And thank you to Barbara With, a uh, super fan up there in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Barbara. rather all the hippies thank are, you right? Super fan. Okay, yep. super fan. I said super fan. Yeah,
2: right? the yeah, University of Wisconsin is, is crawling with, uh, you know,
1: Okay. Hippies, hippies. Okay, they're still up there. Thank you for joining us tonight, and uh, we really appreciate it. And we want to thank everyone out there listening to us for joining us tonight. And until you hear us next week, when uh, Ten Questions for One One should be back next week. There, One One. Okay. Uh, until then, this is Mac Maloney for the entire gang, saying, "Be safe, be happy, and
2: bye bye."